Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning, a pretty nice to be company. Thursday, 21st of April, all over the papers. Victoria Woods, uh, also Kevin Hughes, showbiz icon and legend, popped into the studio early. He'd just come back from Funny Girl at the Savoy Theatre with Sheridan Smith, and he had to break the news to certain people on the red carpet that Victoria would have died. So they spent most of their time in tears. Terrible, really, isn't it? You just don't expect it. 62 is uh, no age, I keep reminding myself. Uh, the police chief, to sue the McCanns, he's obviously had enough, and uh, this heaps yet more embarrassment on them because they lost the libel case. Now he's decided to counter-sue. Uh, jail for the party nurse who drove off with a police constable clinging to the bonnet of the car. The brave boy of 13 who took on the bike robbers and Marmite gets the royal approval. How lovely. Uh, the jihadis, a hot storm that emanated from loose women. And uh, the granddad, Billy Muir, puts Prince William to shame. Uh, Billy Muir holds down ten jobs. Prince William just has a few dinners, shakes a few hands and waves a lightsaber about. And there's not much more to it than that. Uh, Pop's richest 20, which we'll come round to later on. And you would stoop down to pick up 50 pence off the floor. A penny you wouldn't bother with, would you? I mean, I've, I've left sort of five pences and things. You know, when they've fallen out of your hand and rolled under the counter. I've sort of been thinking, oh, should I bet? Oh, it's a penny or it's 5p. I couldn't care less, really. I'm not that worried. Uh, Sharon Osbourne's come out as bisexual. Mind you, so did somebody else. I began to think it's obviously, it, it's, it's the latest thing to talk about nowadays. Simon Marks says, uh, courage... Mon brave. On the other side of the world, he said, I've got $19 in meal vouchers from an airline that's destroyed my day. And that's it. I was complaining about the car again this morning. <laughs> so, I mean, at one point, it was getting further away from me. I didn't quite understand how it was going. But anyway, and uh, as uh, c- certain people said, why don't you bring your own car in? Um, I probably could, actually, but I'm, I'm a little bit lazy. But I was losing the will to live. My friend Fat went not again. He retweeted all of my things. I said, I, I sense another disaster looming. Tantrum imminent, which was good. And um, and somebody says, Steve says, I don't know, you've got the patience to stick with the company. I don't know either, actually. <laughs> I mean, perhaps I'm just a very patient person. Not all the time, I have to tell you. Uh, Daphne says, my thoughts go out to the family that Victoria Wood has left behind. She was very clever, actually. She was very clever. Because if you actually, um, if you actually look at... Her life, she kept the children fairly secret, didn't she? I mean, she didn't attempt to hide them in any way, shape or form, but she certainly didn't push them into the limelight. She didn't do the show business party. She wasn't that sort of person. She was just naturally gifted. That's why when you see other people out of these reality shows, they're a bunch of desperado old biddies. That's all they are. They don't have any talent to do anything at all. And that's why we can get very easily annoyed with the people who go, oh, I designed bikinis. Oh, sod off. No, you don't. You know, somebody like Victoria Wood, who, who was, you know, not the easiest interview. You had to know where you were coming from with her. I knew her publicist Neil Redding I know her publicist Neil Redding and um, I think he was the one who who got her back with us I think and that was uh, when uh, Kevin and I went down to do the interview and he because he'd sent me a text yesterday saying I remember looking through the glass and uh, it, it was difficult at times because she just didn't want to talk about what she was good at. That was the nice thing about her. And, and I sat there and at one point I was, I'd asked her a question about, do the kids find you funny? And she said, I don't think so, no. And it was like a Victoria Wood sketch. I felt I'd wandered into a sketch and she was sitting there and I was playing the part of the interviewer. We'll play you a little bit of that a little bit later on this morning because it's, uh, you know, she's just, uh, it's just fantastic. Really fantastic. And uh, as I say, 62 is no age, but it seems to be the cut-off point, doesn't it? Because we lost uh, David Guest 
62, Phil Sayer at 62. And I tell you, I mean, it's come as no surprise to anybody that the, the Victoria Wood thing came out of the blue. Nobody was expecting it. You know, there was a few other names in the frame before you get round to Victoria Wood. And that's why people were so shocked by it, because she kept it quiet. She had it for about six months. And she obviously decided she wanted to do it in her own way, which was to die at home and uh, to make sure that she was comfortable. I mean, I don't know how people deal with that. I really don't. I've said it a million times before. I've lost various members of my family to cancer. And I don't know how people... I don't know how I would react if somebody said... Because it it's so... It's so final. It's so final. It's not like, you know, they're going to make you better. If you've got terminal cancer and they say, well, you know, it could be three months, it could be four months, we don't know, but it's it's definitely terminal, which means that they can't do anything about it. So they make you as comfortable as possible. And to make you as comfortable as possible, they give you drugs which lull you into a false sense of security. And uh, for most people to die at home would be would be the best thing for them, surrounded by their family. If you've never watched it before, if you've never seen anything like that, it's it's really quite... Quite awful. I think it's quite awful. I know some people say, oh, it's absolutely beautiful, but I always get terribly depressed by it. I got terribly depressed about Victoria Wood, thinking... I know her family were round her. And uh, Geoffrey, her, her ex-husband, the great Soprindo, um, maintained contact with her. Uh, the ch- she, was, she was just a nice person. She was just naturally funny. And as you've heard everybody say on the radio, every single person on the television, she was very generous with her lines. She gave other people the best lines. She gave them the funny lines and she stepped back. You know, you only had to watch Dinner Ladies. It was all evenly distributed. There was no I'm the boss kind of thing. It was, it was, it just worked for her and I'm terribly sad for her family, but they'll be delighted that she's got this, this super coverage because everybody liked her. Everybody liked her and that's what was so nice about the whole thing. But it's just this, you know, when people, you know, go through something and they keep it secret. They keep it private. Obviously her close family knew what was going on and um, and that's all you can say about it. You know, she was one of our greats, but she had to blooming flog her ass, as they say in the business. Sorry to be rude. She had to really slog it. You know, she did the new faces. She did That's Life, where she did her, her playing of the piano and everything else. She worked bloody hard to get where she got. She really did. You know, some people say, oh, you know, they just breeze it. I'm telling you, these people work hard. You look at all these people who've passed on. They were, you know, nobody's handed them anything on a silver platter. Ronnie Corbett, you know, flogged himself to death for it. Ronnie Barker, David Bowie, Paul Daniels, all these people have had to do it. And they've had to get out there. You know, you can't just start being difficult. You can't start being being difficult because you just don't get bookings. And these people really have to work very hard. Anybody who tells you it's an easy ride really is either living in cloud cuckoo land or they're deranged. Because, you know, if you work on a reality show, I suppose just to sort of maintain your uh, status quo, you have to be a bit stupid or get your boobs out every so often. It's a bit sad and tragic. But there again, once these people hit their 40s, it's going to be over and done with. It's going to be finished. You know, some of them even before that, they've started getting desperate. There was one person I came up with this morning and... I can't remember who that we are. I shall find out exactly who it is. I shall find out because I was reading it in the uh, in the car this morning. And um, did I mention the fact that the, they've kept this one quiet? The Queen celebrates her 90th birthday today. How does that happen? Why do I not know about it? But uh, anyway, that's apparently gone. And there was a bit about... Oh, come here, you stupid blooming thing. Honestly, I get so angry when sometimes you, you faff around with something and all of a sudden it disappears. Go away. Go away. Oh! <gasps> 
Honestly, you know when you fiddle about with your phone and you go through it and you go, oh, Adam Johnson's ex-girlfriend in tears in the witness box. David Bowie's son praises the beautiful Brits tribute to his dad. Uh, revealed the BBC stars who knew about uh, Jimmy Savile's crimes. Uh, Carol Wright. That's the nasty one from TOWIE. This is the, the matriarch of the family. When uh, her daughter was going out with that bloke that she was going out with. They ganged up on him, the family. They were so vile. She says, Nanny Pat contacts me from beyond the grave. No, she doesn't, dear. Don't be so stupid. Of course she doesn't. She's dead. How could she contact you? Don't go down that silly route, honestly. Make yourself out to be even more barking mad. And uh, what have we got? This, uh, uh, I can't find it. Um, it th- this is um, a reality person. Um, and they've come out as bisexual. And they go, and the reason they've actually come out as, and they're, they're you know, really ghastly. Uh, the, the reason that they've come out as bisexual is because they want to help other bisexuals. What? I mean, I just think that's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And um, I see that uh, Towie's Sam, this must be Sam Dreary for Hears, and the boring family that's around her, she's decided to stay in. Oh, that's right, Marnie Simpson. I want to help others be honest about their sexuality. Marnie Simpson is five years old, mentally, and so she wants to come out and tell you about it. How old is she? And she's telling us now, is she? That was like Elton John coming out years ago. Got got married and then sort of came out as bisexual, which was bizarre. Anyway, so uh, she, she's done an interview with Heat magazine. How boring. I'm so, so bored with stupid people who want to come out as uh, as bisexual. It shocked her Twitter followers. They must be as thick as she is. She's 24. Oh, only just come out now, have you, love? What, you just discovered it? God, dear. In my world, it's called greed. There you go. And, uh, say, the talentless Marnie Simpson comes out as bicep. I want to help other people. Like, you know, come out with their... Oh, Christ, save us from these do-gooders. Really ghastly, aren't they? Really, really ghastly people. I can't get this other story up at the moment as well about uh, poor Sam for here's. There's a star that's fallen off the horizon. Whoops, gone. Finished completely. Career dead in the water. She said, I'm sure I'm bisexual. I kiss as many girls as boys these days. Who cares? Why do people want to tell you something like that? Who cares, dear? You make yourself out to be, you know, just just really lame. Really, really pitifully awful. I don't know, you know, anything else to say about you. Is that the best you can come up with? Go on, blimey. Do me a favour. Go off and think of something else to try and get yourself in a magazine. I'll be so glad when these people disappear completely. Hopefully this week. That'd be nice. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk and uh, a lot of people advising uh, Darren to watch Outlander. I've never even heard of Outlander. Is it a, is it a Scottish-type programme? They have all these things, don't they? I, I mean, I know that they do make programmes on Scottish television for Scottish people. And Outlander sounds like it. It sounds like Highlander, doesn't it? Highlander sounds like the same kind of thing. So a lot of people uh, saying that you'll love it. It's an American-British television drama. It stars Catriona Balfi as Claire Randall, a married World War II nurse, who finds herself transported back to Scotland in 1743. That's exciting, isn't it? Where are you? I'm on the hills. That sounds very exciting, doesn't it? And and they get sort of caught up in the Jacobite risings. Wow. I'd love to have been a... Oh, I wouldn't actually. I've changed my mind, sorry. Changed my mind completely. But loads of people in it. Loads of people in it. And uh, it... Uh, episode 13... First aired April the 9th, 2016. Last aired July the 2nd, 2016. 
Series 2 is on now, is it? I was going to say, how can it be last air, July the 2nd, 2016? We haven't got as far as July yet, have we? Unless, mind you, yesterday, if you managed, if you managed to catch the programme, I moved it on a bit. I moved it on a bit. I managed to make it the 31st of April. A lot of people got slightly panicky, and um, <laughs> I sort of laughed at the time. Apparently, I said the 31st. I don't remember saying it. I don't remember saying that at all. And, um, and so I don't... Uh, I, I didn't admit to it. And then I got home and somebody said to me, oh, you said the, 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 the 21st or the 31st on the programme. I said, are you sure? And I went, oh, God, honestly, the onset of it. It's mad, isn't it, really? Um, uh, what else we get? Oh, yes, as mean as it gets, the charity raid is back. He's been in prison. He thieves charity boxes. And he's been in prison and he comes back out. And what does he do? He carries on thieving charity boxes. I'd break these people's legs. I I don't understand. You know, obviously prison is not a deterrent. Obviously prison is not something that you could say to somebody, listen, you are stealing from charities who need the money. And you go in there and happily thieve it. I mean, what is, you know, in other countries, they're a bit bit more sort of short, sharp shock treatment. Over here, I mean, I'll tell you what, I can't even get my head around. The fact that Anders Breivik... I mean, we're not actually encourage you to break somebody's legs. I mean, quite unless you're particularly stupid and you believe that kind of rubbish. But even over in Norway, Anders Breivik, who murdered 69 people, they've infringed his human rights by locking him up in solitary confinement. He's winning a case on, uh, on his, his right to have... Are you serious? Are you serious? You know, this man, not mentally ill, nothing the matter with him at all. He's a cold-blooded killer. He murdered 69 young people. And, and he stands up in court and argues the fact that because they put him in solitary, that's against his human rights. I mean, in Saudi Arabia, that head would have been off in a matter of seconds. For one murder, let alone 69, those families must be sitting there going, what in God's name are we doing here? And he stands in court, hello, good morning, hello. Like he's just sort of popped out for a loaf of bread. Oh, and a machine gun. And you sort of look at it and you think, he deliberately went onto that island and he mowed these kids down. I mean, I'd be thinking and harbouring really the most dreadful thoughts. I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not forgive, I don't think. I'm not forgive. I'm afraid for somebody like that. I mean, you know, he might want to plead anything he likes, but I just don't, uh, don't worry about it. Nick says, uh, Marnie Simpson from Geordie Shaw, not Towie. No, she's been in Towie as well. I think she's been in Towie. I'm pretty certain. She's been in just about everything. Anywhere where they'll sort of stick her ugly mug, she'll, she'll appear. So, uh, so they go there. Uh, Anna Maria from Scotland says, uh, I've missed not listening to you. Anyway, here I am. OK, well done you. You found yourself, which is always good, isn't it? Uh, Marmite gets the royal approval. I still like Marmite. I can't understand people who don't like Marmite. I've always liked Marmite. Not thick Marmite. Not thick Marmite. Uh, Naomi Campbell's worn out. Oh, thank God for that. Perhaps we'll see less of her. Ricky Raymond was in Towie. Ricky Raymond was in Towie. Marnie Simpson's uh, ex-boyfriend before she discovered she was bisexual and had run out of stories to sell about herself. You know, what can I come up with? Uh, limped as a child. Bad kneecaps. Uh, foul mouth. Drunk. Uh, oh, I'm bisexual. Wow. That's really, that's really pushing the boundaries, isn't it? I'm bisexual. What's the definition of a bisexual person? About ten pints. About ten pints. I'm sorry, would you like to sleep with me? Hang on, I'll have nine. Yeah, of course, absolutely. That's the definition of bisexuality. My God, they're trying to make it out like it's transgender, as opposed to just old slappers who go out and sort of decide to sleep with loads of different people. I'm sorry I've messed the time check. I don't, do you know, I'm seriously, seriously worried about my inability to read a clock, and yet when I was at school, I learned how to tell the time. 
I was very good at it. I used to get sort of put my parents to go, right, so it's now the big hands on the one and the little hands on the four. What does that mean? You go, uh, well, it's, come on, it's five minutes past the hour. And, they, and so you learn to tell the time like that. So I can now tell you that I'm so late that it's now coming up 19 minutes past four. Steve Allen on LBC. The new sound of weekends on LBC. McRary at breakfast this morning. David Cameron sparks a furious row after accusing the Labour mayoral candidate, Sadiq Khan, of sharing a platform with an Islamic extremist. Are the Prime Minister's comments justified or racist? We'll speak to the grieving mum who's been told to remove a footy-themed headstone from her dead son's grave. Victoria Wood dies after a short battle with cancer. They'll be reflecting on the comedian's illustrious career and talk to those who worked with her. Plus, on the Queen's 90th birthday. Honestly, everybody's talking about it now. It's amazing, isn't it? Ever since I mentioned it, they all want to talk about it. Royal commentator Phil Dampier is with Nick to look through the papers. And it will be... Just tributes to Victoria Wood. That's Nick and the team at breakfast this morning from 7 after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Nice to have you company. I hope you are well. Uh, Karen says, I'm gay, but I'm coming out as heterosexual today. Oh, I advise everybody to do that. Let's just jump on that bandwagon. They must sit down at home going, wait a minute, do we have any sort of fatal illnesses in the family? Had an ingrowing toenail, something like that? Grandmother run over by a steamroller, anything like that? No. Uh, cats found hanging from your washing line? No. Oh, I tell you what, do the old bisexual treat. That'll work a treat. Because then you get all the lesbians on side, and then all the blokes will be going, oh, is that what lesbians look like? Until you realise no. And uh, and then people get excited about it, and it get you coverage in Heat magazine. They must be so desperate in these magazines to sit there. I mean, especially as we discovered last week, two of the magazines decided to sort of hail Kerry Katona. As if she was some saving grace of the world, as opposed to just a little fat, talentless drunk. I couldn't quite understand exactly why the, why they thought it was, you know, she's her own person and all the rest of it. She's a waste of space. Waste of space. Never sang on any of the hits, did she? She came in, she left the group before they started having hits, but they stuck the old bag out on tour. She can't sing for toffee. Not a toffee. She's a chain-smoking, ashtray-smelling waste of space who did cocaine and who can't come up with any more ideas of how she's going to make it into these uh, these tacky little tabloid, sort of, you know, the, the chip fish and chip paper kind of stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, what else we get? Oh, there's a statue going to be going up to honour Britain's verse version of Oscar Schindler, which we'll tell you about later on. Uh, Prince William says, I'll avoid politics like my grandmother. I think best, actually, if you don't understand it. Although, how are you going to cope with, um, with Barack Obama? What are you going to be talking to? Perhaps you can talk about, you know, what it's like to live in the White House. You know, that'd be nice. And talk about just how privileged you are and how unprivileged he is and how you're still staying in the big house that Granny's got. I wonder what will happen, actually, after Granny goes. I wonder what would happen to Buckingham Palace. Because Charles has said that he wouldn't move in there. He said that he'll, he'll move uh, down to Windsor and take over Windsor. Because that's, that's, that's quite a nice little pile, isn't it? And so he could have that. And suppose, I mean, to be honest with you, I do see, Windsor, I do see uh, Buckingham Palace as bedsits. I think bedsits, I mean, you could, get a, you could get a lot of Syrian refugees in there. You know, I don't know if uh, Cameron's actually thought about it, but I'm putting it forward as a suggestion because I forget how many rooms they've got. Is it 700 and something rooms? or Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It's just a number. And, uh, and you could put them all up in there and then they could take turns to sit on the throne. And they've got loads of bathrooms. They've got their own swimming pool in there. It's quite a nice little sort of unit. And you've got your own guards outside to keep people in. There's some bloke in Birmingham. 
I don't know where he's come from. He's moved in a container truck into his garden to live in. I mean, it really is. It's like the dumping ground, isn't it, at the moment? People coming here and sort of thinking you put a container truck in your garden at the front. At the front, this is like one of these big containers. It's very, very odd. Uh, Naomi Campbell's worn out. It's just so exhausting being Naomi Campbell. Oh, don't know how she copes with life. I've got no idea. She's a dreary, isn't she? And uh, Sharon Osbourne. Oh, she's also come out as bisexual. So it's fantastic. Anybody else want to come out this morning while we're here? Come on, put your hands up now. Or forever hold your peace. Uh, and uh, Paul Gascoigne pitches up on the television the other day. And uh, as usual, yeah, I'm out of the uh, woods now and uh, picturing the sun that saved me and all this kind of stuff. He's had Botox because, if you remember, he got phone hacked. And if you get phone hacked, and please, God, I wish they'd phone hack me. I'm so bored. The fact that I've not been phone hacked is obviously something the matter in my life. And so he got, what was it, 144 grand or something like that. And of course, what he do is spent it on Botox and everything else. And once a drunk... Always a drunk. You're never not going to be an alcoholic. You're never not going to be an alcoholic. You're going to always be an alcoholic. Whether or not it, uh, you know, sees him through, I don't know. Uh, regarding uh, Outlander, says Laurie, one of my Canadian fans, she says, I think you should read at least the first book before you watch the show. The books give you a better feel for the characters and the show, which just seems to miss in the beginning. To, to be honest with you, actually, Laurie, I'm not, I'm not sure I would be interested in watching that. It's not the kind of... Not, I mean, I, I, did, I got the Star Wars film through the other day, and I've still not watched it. You'd think, actually, I'd be rushing home, ripping the plastic off, putting it into the machine and watching it go, and, and it bursts into life. I've not, I'm really not done that. I'm not that bothered. Hold that, isn't it? Why would I not be bothered? Why would I not be bothered about the Star Wars film? Because I ordered it, so I must, I must like Star Wars. But I think all these things are meant to be seen on the, uh, on the big silver screen. I think that's what... The, well, I think that's how it's, it's meant to be seen, because then you get the full effect. It's like uh, The Jungle Book. I've never mentioned that film before, but I thought I'd mention it to you this morning. But if you're going to see it, go see it on the big screen in 3D with the, uh, with the sound, the Dolby sound on it, and you'll jump out your seat, because it's so cleverly done. Uh, Darren... Says, I came across the screaming banshee, Sally Jacks, yesterday, going on about some gunk you put under your eyes. That voice, perhaps with her looks and talent, she could move across to Babe Station. Oh, I don't think they'd want her on Babe Station. She's way too old. She'd be old Moggy Station, wouldn't she? It's the screeching voice, though, and that... She claims the hair is real. When I say real, I mean, I sort of assumed it was tacked on because nobody grows their hair like that. You know, I mean, she's only about two foot tall, bless her heart. It's just that screechy voice. It really is ghastly. Ghastly. And, uh, as I say, takes the, uh, takes the sight down to a, to a different level, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, 84850, uk, and everything we shall put in on the, uh, on the programme. Why do drivers find it hard to leave a stopping distance, even on an empty M25? Um... Because they're probably looking for crash for cash, I would think. I mean, I'm only pointing out the uh, the obvious. Only pointing out the obvious. Alison says, I was the one who tweeted about Outlander. Uh, highly recommended. I don't know why. I think it's more a girly thing. Do you get the feeling, Alison, that it's more a girly? It, I don't think it's a boysy thing. I don't think boysies are going to go for that. I think, I think girls like that idea that, you know, you're going to get swept away and, and it's all sort of rugged men who are fantastically good looking. As opposed to the fact that they wouldn't look at all like that. These would have been people who hadn't shaved for ages, whereas this lot looked like they shave every single minute and have put full makeup on. I don't think anybody in the Jacobite uprisings would have been wearing makeup 
or anything like that. They would have been a dirty, grubby lot. Absolutely. Would have been terrible, terrible. Uh, there's a brave boy of 13 in the papers who took on the bike thieves. Again, you know, people who, who aim to take somebody else's property, I'm afraid the full force of the law needs to come down on them very, very hard and get them off the streets and into prison as quick as possible. Uh, the police chief who's suing the McCanns. The McCanns sued him, you remember, in the Portuguese court because of the allegations in his book... Uh, which basically, to encapsulate it, said that uh, they covered up Maddie's murder. Now, obviously, everybody's entitled to an opinion, but the moment you put it into print, it then fits into a, a different thing. And uh, and I thought, well, they've got a cast-iron case. A cast-iron case. What he was basically saying is they were responsible for Madeleine McCann's death. Well, they've never found a body. They've never found anything at all. They were having dinner. You know, I mean, where is this child supposed to have vanished to? And even just supposing, hypothetically, in this doolally world of his, that they that they did murder her, where would they put her? Where would you put her? So quite rightly, they take it to court. And I thought, well, this was a cast-iron case. No. The court found in his favour, not their favour. So they lose any money that they were going to get. He paid money into court, but they don't get that. And it looks like they could be stuck with with costs as well, because you can't take these cases to court and then just go, OK, that's fine, we'll go off somewhere else. They're, they're, they're going to have court costs. Like that bloke the other day, who was uh, the fly tipper. 251 was the fine. 1,000 were the court costs. That'll kick him where it hurts. Perhaps they should have taken the uh, the fridge freezer or whatever it was, or the dishwasher, and dropped it on his car. Made it marginally more interesting for the rest of us. And so now the police chief, in the McCann case, he's suing them. And what's he suing for? He'll be suing for defamation of character. They've assassinated his character in court. So he'll sue. And if it's over there, he might win. I mean, I just see a never-ending spiral. Once you start going to court and once you start accusing people of telling lies about you, it's, you know, it gets really out of hand. LBC News Time, 4.30. Leading Britain's conversation. LBC with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. I see that uh, Ruth... Married to Eamon Holmes. She says, I'd divorce him if he told me he was bisexual. Oh, please, God, he's not. Please, 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 God. If you're listening, baby Jesus, please make Eamon Holmes not bisexual. I couldn't even bear the idea. Oh, God, what a horrible thought. <gasps> oh, I felt quite sick then. But uh, she said she'd divorce him. Hmm, bit odd, isn't it? Is that a bit homophobic? What's she saying? She's saying he'd be less than a man. I mean, let's face it, at the moment he looks like he's about three men, doesn't he? He eats that much. That was Somebody did a joke about it, didn't they? Which he didn't like at all. He he doesn't take jokes very well about the size that he is. Because somebody joked that he looked like he'd eaten the, the, uh, the set... At one point, he got, he got quite a uh, quite little queenie tantrum on that one. Ooh, don't talk about that. So there's obviously not, not much humour going on, but she said she'd divorce him if he told me he was bisexual. I mean, I reckon, actually, he wouldn't tell you he was bisexual then, because he might be thinking, oh, she'll divorce me. Whereas, in fact, I always think, you know, if you're sort of um, bisexual, you know, I mean, that, that'd be quite good, because he could actually double his wardrobe, couldn't he, if he's bisexual? He, he might want to sort of cross-dress. Always go out with a transvestite. Because then you do get an extra wardrobe, and it's quite nice. Some of the items might be actually quite nice. But uh, Ruth going, I'd divorce him if he told me he was bisexual. I think, that was, I think that's a bit ill-judged. I think it's a little bit ill-judged. Uh, also, they've got a picture of Brooklyn Beckham, seen at, uh, at a Brits party. And they're going, isn't it school night? It prompts the question I've been asking for ages. Do they go to school? And if so, which school do they go to? Because they spend most of their time coming backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards from the UK to America. So, do they go to school? Or do they have sort of private tutoring at home? Perhaps they've. I, I don't quite understand how the how the Beckhams uh, work at all. But I don't think anybody uh, um, 
understands that. Uh, then the uh, the vacuous girl that we told you about the other day, uh, with the million-pound wardrobe, who insists she's not spoiled. This is the one who flies off to Russia to get her hair done, and she has Botox and surgery and everything else, and she's appearing on this programme, which is basically numpties who want to go on there and tell you how rich they are compared to how peasant-like you must be, because you're not as rich as she is. And I looked at her yesterday and looked at the picture and thought, if that's the result of a very expensive wardrobe and your hair done in Moscow, please God... You know, other people are in the real world. She was just so far up her own rear end. It was an embarrassment, really. But there again, she said, I've learned to deal with the trolls. So she's obviously quite used to bragging about everything. And then people going, why don't you just shut up? Stop being a silly little show-off. Perhaps in Russia, that's quite good, isn't it? But over here, we don't buy into that rubbish at all. Uh, A little late tuning in this morning, says Adrian. What was the outcome of the taxi issue yesterday? I drove in. I drove in. I didn't have a chance yesterday to talk to them. I'm going to try and do it today. And then and they send you a thing going, your car's on the way. Where is it? 29 minutes away. Two minutes later, it was 30 minutes away. I assumed he was driving away from me and he got there. Abs- he must have been sitting around the corner because he literally got there exactly at half past. But as I booked the thing for quarter past, but their computer tells them half past, uh-uh, quarter past. What's the point of having half past? Because if you, if you crawl into town... You crawl along into town, you know, I stand a very good chance of being late. And I've got things to do. You know, I've got at least an hour's preparation for the programme. The Korean's definitely shrinking. They've they've got a picture of her next to Barack Obama. Now, I don't know whether or not he really is very tall or she's just very tiny. I mean, if ever she decides to give up being queen, she could get a job as one of Snow White's little friends, couldn't she? She As long as she learns to sing the song. She's staying the other day. She stayed at, at Downton Abbey. She stayed at Highclere. Because uh, she does do... And I was thinking, actually, whenever the Queen comes to stay with uh, friends that she's known for years, whether or not they still have to go, morning, Your Majesty, and bow and curtsy when she gets up in the morning, you know, and um, can, can you manage to run the bath? Uh, anybody? Anybody run the... Because I don't think she runs baths. I think they have the, uh, the maid of the bedchamber. And I think they actually go there. I do wish uh, Prince William would buy some decent sunglasses. I don't know where they get their old-fashioned clothes from, but he's certainly not trendy, is he, in any way, shape or form. And then he goes to Bhutan. And I'm thinking, a little bit nearer the edge, a little bit nearer the edge. You get a really good picture. When you look at these houses that are built into the, into the cliffs. It was just a jolly holiday, wasn't it? But he always looks uncomfortable when he's being interviewed because he looks a bit, a little bit sort of baby skin. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't look as though he's got the mark of a man. Whereas Prince Harry looks like he's been trawled through a jungle about 500 times. And William just sort of sits there. He doesn't know how to sit. He doesn't know what to do with his hands. He's just a bit awkward because he's not very good with sort of people. It's like people doing interviews, isn't it? You're either very good at doing interviews or... You're not very good at doing interviews. Luckily, I'm perfect, which is OK. Obama's six foot one. Well, she looked about five foot two, didn't she? I mean, definitely. And then uh, Prince William was giving out some awards. You'd be really disappointed. I've got an award from the Queen. Oh, God, William. Yeah, Andy Murray is that. He didn't look very tall. Mind you, William's standing on a dais, isn't he? And then he knights somebody. And I'm thinking, no, we want the Queen. We want the Queen. Uh, Steve, Acorn Antiques must have been difficult to act out. Why? Why was it difficult to act out? I thought it was just another job for Victoria Wood. Uh, but they managed to do it so well. Great British humour slowly disappearing. She was the queen of comedy. Um, well, I mean, you've, you've got DVDs. You know, she might have gone, you know, in the bodily form, but you can keep watching her forever and ever. You can get the Christmas specials out. Acorn Antiques, Dinner Ladies is out. There's tons of stuff out there. I love the way people sort of say it must have been difficult to act out. I don't, they had a whale of a time. I think they probably spent most of their time laughing. Most of their time laughing. Uh, me and my best mate, says Darren in Kent. Poor soul, honestly. Used to be the Garden of England, didn't it? I'm not sure it is anymore. But, uh, my best mate, listen avidly to your show. 
So, um, the free poll to have never written in. It was great time at Funny Girl last night. We loved spotting the celebrities. Yes, they were all there, weren't they? And uh, also, they said, uh, it was very hilarious. Wonderful performances from Sheridan. We even enjoyed seeing Darius off Pop Stars. Darius? What, Darius Dinesh? God, he's not still around, is he? Blimey, I didn't know. Darius Dinesh? What's he doing at the moment? Darius Dinesh, we'll find out, actually. I didn't think he was doing anything at all. I mean, certainly he's not appearing in anything. Feel the love in the room. I interviewed him years and years ago when my In Conversation programme was called That Reminds Me, or as we prefer to say, That Remembers Me, which always used to make us laugh, where the celebrity would come in and pick four pieces of, uh, of music. Uh, Darius Campbell, of course, uh, he was born Darius Campbell Dinesh. Uh, a Scottish platinum-singing songwriter, ambassador for the Prince's Trust. And um, he's, uh, he played the lead role in the Olivia Wardering Guys and Doll, blah, blah, blah. Uh, pop star to opera star, oh, God. And um, and that's it. What's he doing at the moment? From here to eternity. Oh, that died, didn't it, really? Uh, also, he was uh, in Hotel Babylon, but that was 2009. He appeared in Hollyoaks. Performing Girl in the Moon at a graduation ball. It's looking a bit desperate now, isn't it? He's married to an actress. Uh, he got married a few years ago. Then they filed for divorce. 2013. Actually, I read something else the other day. There was a lovely little piece. They were, they were talking about famous people in Brighton. And one of them being, of course, Peter Peter Andrex, who lives down there. And they said he used to have a coffee shop down there, but it closed the other year. No, they kept that one pretty quiet, didn't they? I thought Peter Andrex's coffee shop would be really, really busy. Why? Probably say if Heather Mills couldn't make anything work. Uh, He's got, he could sell his perfume. He could, couldn't he? There's going to be so many bottles of it left around. I'm looking forward to it arriving in Poundland in Twickenham. I'm very excited for that day. Always put it by, by the till. They certainly had the other one there by the till. Most people thought it was something to do with sort of getting rid of cats on the garden. And, uh, and somebody's saying, is, is that like you spray that on the garden to stop cats weeing on your plants? And I went, no, 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 it's, it's insania. That's, that's Peter Andre's scent. Oh, does he wear it? God, I hope not. Seriously, I mean, you have people coming up behind you, flotters. Flotting you, swatting you, like you've got flies around you. Uh, so what else has, uh, has he done? He hasn't actually done anything, has he? Although we did see a very, very funny... Pi- oh, he's currently playing Nick Arnstein. Oh, right, so he's, uh, he's in Funny Girl. So he's playing Nick Arnstein, the love interest. I don't know whether you ever remember the photograph. Did you ever remember the photograph of Darius Dinesh? Well, <laughs> not sure I could tell you. But uh, it was where Darius, being Scottish, he was wearing a kilt... And uh, he had nothing on underneath the kilt. And he's kneeling down at the front of the stage, talking to a, a little girl. And unfortunately, everything's on display. It was, it was quite embarrassing, actually. And I did mention it to him when he came in. I said, have you seen that photo? He said, yes. And we skirted over it fairly quickly. I think you have to type... I don't know what you have to type in to find it. Uh, I think, actually, after the word kilt put naked or b- before that and see what comes up what <laughs> no because i'm i'm not sure if it was still on the uh, on the internet but it, it sort of went round the world it was sort of there you go it's on the left hand side there that one there and <laughs> i mean i, I ask you i mean it was i thought it was the funniest thing ever i seriously thought it was the funniest thing ever but uh and, and obviously that's the trouble you see with with cameras nowadays People get shots of me. I mean, luckily, I shut the bathroom door when I have a shower. I don't know these secret pictures getting out. This is Steve in the shower, sitting on his little seat. I'm not uh, I'm not uh, a fan of that at all. Uh, Noreen. 
uh, I'll come round to in a minute, because if I don't hit one of my out times this morning, seriously, there's going to be uh, legs broken around this building, and possibly it's going to be mine. So it's quarter to five. Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Steve Allen on LBC. Text 84850. Morning, everybody. 13 minutes to five. You well? Good, good, good. It's Thursday morning. We like a Thursday morning, although actually Tuesday... Tuesday appears to be the day that everybody says that's the day that we want to go out there because they do all the special offers on a Tuesday. Kentucky Fried Chicken do a special offer on a Tuesday. So obviously Tuesday is the day. And so what else? Domino's do a two for Tuesday. Isn't it funny? Everything on a Tuesday because one of my friends, Rich, who works on another radio station around the corner. You remember the one who the cleaner thought was Steve Allen? I'm slightly disturbed by it, even though he's a lot younger than I am. And, um, and we were saying about, he didn't like, he doesn't like Tuesdays. And then we sort of started working out that all these companies have special offers on a Tuesday. And I said, well, I don't mind Tuesday. I'm, I'm good with Tuesday. I think it's okay. But he obviously, oh no, Tuesday wasn't particularly great at all. A friend of mine called Michael is just off to Vegas. Very, very shortly. Never been before. Really looking forward to it. Really looking forward. And I said, oh, I said, where are you staying? He said, Bellagio. I said, oh, how nice. You'll have those lovely fountains. That means every five minutes you have to get up to go to the toilet. And uh, because they, the, the fountains do a big display in front there. And if you've not been to Vegas, you can go onto the uh, internet. You can go to YouTube and you can see the fountains at the Bellagio. It's very good. Uh, on the subject of, uh, of, our, of our showbiz boy, Kevin Hughes. Sickeningly good looking. I mean, seriously, I hate it when he comes in to see me. I just feel like an old bag lady. He walks in. He looks. Pre- he looks like he's walked out of a dry cleaners. Seriously, he's always immaculately dressed. He's slim. I mean, it's really infuriating. But I have to be nice to him because he works in the same building. So I'm like, hello, you know, kind of thing. Anyway, uh, he did interview Darius Dinesh the other night, who is now Darius Campbell. He says he's great in Funny Girl. He plays Nicky Arnstein, who's the love interest, which I think was Omar Sharif in the film. And he joked that he wore underwear under his kilt tonight. Ha! Says Kevin, <laughs> who probably has also seen the photograph of, uh, of poor Darius with the crown jewels on display. But very funny. So, Noreen says, hope you're well. Actually, I'm a lot better than I was. If you remember, I had that stifling bloody cough the other day. Excuse my French. Uh, which was so annoying. And everybody else has had it. And it's doing the rounds. And once you're in a building where there's air conditioning and, you know, there's loads of other people, it's very difficult. You don't know when you're walking past somebody if they've got a cold or haven't got a cold or they've got this or that illness. And I'm, I'm fairly susceptible. I do have my flu jab being top of the at-risk register. So I get the flu jab, but every year I get the cough. Every year I get the cough. I mean, without fail. So next year, I think, I, or this year, I think I might be a bit naughty and not have the flu jab. But then I'm supposed to have it, just in case I become sort of uh, fairly ill. As I say, at that funny age, which everybody appears to be popping off at the moment. Thank you very much indeed. Anyway, everybody has been uh, knocked for six at the very sad news about Victoria. Thoughts with her family, says Noreen. I heard you were in conversation with her last night. A very happy birthday to Her Majesty. I will be watching the TV coverage. Oh, me too. I'm fascinated by the Queen. And yes, we loved That Remembers Me. <laughs> it just always makes me laugh. That Remembers Me. I love it. <laughs> oh, dear, honestly. And uh, <laughs> uh, a tourist on holiday in Scotland uh, asks a kilt-wearing man, is anything worn under that kilt? No, said the Scotland. It's all in, uh, said the Scotsman. It's all in perfect working order. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, seats at all prices. I'm here till Thursday. Uh, a little bit late tuning in, Steve, but uh, enjoying the programme so far. And... Uh, Darris is busy working on that difficult second album, along with uh, with uh, Tabby and Gareth Gates, etc. But he's doing very well, because this uh, funny girl transferred from the Menier Chocolate Factory, uh, which is out by Borough Market. And I've talked to a number of people, actually, who've done shows there, and it's in the Savoy, so that's quite nice. The film's great. 
really is it's very very good film and so uh, peter tells us he's in with the sheridan smith uh, 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk <clears throat> um one here and uh uh, I parked in a service car park last summer. A car pulled in opposite us. Chinese driver got out and then a passenger. My friend said, oh, look, it's Eamon Holmes. I was going to nod and smile at him, but he gave us a look like to say, don't, don't come near me. I'm very important. He's, the funny thing is, he doesn't... I mean, I've, I've tried desperately to find out why, because she's delightful. You know, I mean, she, Ruth is lovely. She really is lovely. I'm not sure about the comment about she'd divorce him if he said he was bisexual. I would have thought that would have added a dimension to their marriage. But anyway, that's just neither here nor there. And, um, and she, she really is quite charming. She's terribly professional. And she's, and she's what, what, what you see with Ruth is what you get. And with him, I wanted him to be a... You know, I was a big, big-up Eamon Holmes fan when he came over, you know, years and years ago from... You know, he was working on various channels. And he was uh, slim, good-looking. He was professional. He was everything that was perfect. And then he ballooned. And uh, and then on a on a couple of occasions, you know, he sort of proved that there wasn't really much of a sense of humour there, and I wanted there to be a sense of humour. So I became quite disappointed, really, and uh, and my illusions were shattered. But there again, they generally are with some people. You see somebody and you think, oh, I really like so and so. I remember years ago there was an actress who, when I was when I was younger, when I was about fourteen, fifteen, I'd seen a picture of this actress in a magazine. And I remember thinking she was the most beautiful person I'd ever seen. You know, when you're 15, you don't really know what you look. You just look at a picture. And I looked at this actress, and I won't tell you what her name is because she's uh, she's quite famous. But in those days, she was a very young girl standing on this rock, and I remember thinking, God, she looks absolutely wonderful. So when I got the opportunity to interview her, I leapt at the opportunity. I mean, I practically bit the producer's hand off. Yeah, get her in there. I've been a big fan. I was so disappointed. I mean, really disappointed. And I was disappointed because she wasn't... I wanted her to just be lovely. You know, that's all, that's all you expect when you, when you sort of meet people. You just want them to be lovely. You want them to be as you think they're, they're going to be. And, and she wasn't at all. And so when she left, the producer said to me, so do you still like her? I went, I don't think I do now. I, felt, I mean, I felt really awful about it because I'd, because I'd absolutely fallen head over heels for her. Looking at this, and I can see the image in my mind now, but I, and that's only ever happened a couple of times in my, uh, in my career. <laughs> it's a career. Um, where I've sort of met somebody and they've not lived up to what I expect. And I've talked to everybody. I've talked to murderers. I've talked to, uh, you know, singing sensations. I've talked to people, you know, with very little talent who are quite entertaining. I've talked to some fantastically big names. You know, people who, you know, you can only dream about talking to these people and actually sitting in a room with them and looking at them going... I remember when I did Julie Andrews, I sat there and I looked at her and I wanted to say, blow me down, it's Julie Andrews, because you're sitting there looking at an icon. And I think there was a a classic piece on YouTube which had Elizabeth Taylor and she was on a... She'd appeared on a soap in America and one of the young actors, she walks through a door and he's supposed to say, here's so-and-so, and instead he used the rude word, the foot word, and he went... Me, it's Elizabeth Taylor. She burst out laughing because she was a bit of an icon, you know. Whichever way you look at it, there are certain people in the business who are who are icons. They're people who are very enduring, and that's why because we lost Victoria Wood and nobody knew about it. She kept it so quiet. Sixty-two is nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing at all. As as Kevin Hughes will tell you, you know, we both talked to a, a lot of people. I think Catherine Jenkins is in the building today. Now I'm not doing Catherine Jenkins today. Uh, because I have done her a few times. Not that I didn't want to do her, but I think she's got a fairly tight schedule. And she's she's delightful. She's absolutely delightful. I would have been, you know, as shocked had it been anybody else apart from Victoria Wood. It's only because a friend of mine sent me a text going, Victoria Wood, shocking. 
And I phoned him and I said, what, what's that? Thinking it was going to be some, some revelation. She'd done something like reverse into a fish and chip shop. He went, she's died. And I went, dear God, no. It just, it just makes you uh, sort of worry about your own mortality, doesn't it? I mean, there's loads of people going and, uh, and I don't like that idea. Unless, of course, heaven is full of some fantastic people. And uh, in which case, then I, w- I want to go up there and join them, and so we can have a little bit of a sit down and a bit of a, a bit of a chat. And uh, and and uh, for a while, you mentioned Manchesterford, said Paul, and I only twigged today where I knew it from. It was from Acorn Antiques. Yes, yes. Oh, I always pinch from decent programmes. I never, I never pinch from non-decent programmes. If you're going to nick something from somebody, make sure you nick it well. But uh, yes, yes, it's uh, it was Acorn Antiques. Uh, that it came from. So now you know. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. We will talk about the boy of 13 who took on the bike robbers. I think that's a fairly brave thing to do. And as Brevik, seriously. You know, if ever you want somebody to sort of die shortly, he would be the person, you know, murdering all those school children, stands up in court, you know, and now has taken the government to court over his human rights because he's been in a a cell by himself. I'm sorry, I thought prison was a deterrent. Obviously got the wrong idea about that one, haven't I? Uh, the girl who conned her parents out of a quarter of a million pounds. She said that she was going to Marlborough College. She said she was doing this. Then she claimed she'd had to have an abortion and all sorts of things. And basically, she was, uh, she's not all there in the head department. Uh, the gra- Pardon me, the granddad, Billy Muir, who's in all the papers today, because he puts Prince William to shame. Prince William can't, uh, can't multitask. He can't do anything at all. He just spends a lot of time sitting around. I don't think he's flown the helicopter uh, for ages and ages and ages because uh, he's been too busy enjoying a holiday. And now then he had to go and play with uh, lightsabers. And as I said, he must have been mortified to discover that uh, Chewbacca was actually an actor wearing an acrylic costume and that the Millennium Falcons didn't actually fly around. You know, perhaps he thought he'd get one and fly around Daddy's estate at Highgrove. But of course, they're not really in touch with the real world, are they? But Billy Muir has ten jobs he holds down ten jobs. I'll tell you what the uh, what the jobs are this morning because it makes everybody else seem like they're not um, they're not uh, they're not doing very well indeed. Some of the uh, the great and she was a shy person, uh, uh, Victoria. I think uh, she says life's not fair. Some of us drink champagne in the fast lane, and some of us eat sandwiches by the loose chippings on the A five nine seven. And she's quite right. It was that uh, it was that sort of bring it all in into context. You know, Frieda and Barry, we all remember that song and talking about, you know, being in love and sitting there having a bag of chips as the rain lashes down round your bus shelter. It was things that people identified with. And it wasn't just women. It wasn't just women at all. She seemed to appeal to everybody. Uh, Gaza on track to win the booze fight. I think it'll be a lost cause, but, you know... I mean, because, to be honest with you, he's been in rehab so many times now, even I've lost the will with it. But uh, he revealed he gets texts saying, are you dead, because of his alcoholism. Uh, He also talks about the fact he's got uh, uh, Botox, and uh, friends send him messages to check he's still alive. But uh, it's it's interesting. He said, every day I try and do three good deals, deeds, uh, giving somebody a fiver, a packet of cigarettes, or even a little sandwich. There are lots of people with this problem who don't get all the help I've had. Yes, I mean, at one time... £100,000 was raised by Gary Lineker and Chris Evans to send him for rehab in Arizona. And uh, as he paid it back, he had £144,000 handed to him. And I really wonder whether or not he's actually paid all that back. I suspect probably not. I suspect probably not. He has uh, wasted money on Botox. That's not the thing to do, is it? The thing to do is to, uh, to not drink. The thing to do is to keep yourself uh, busy. 
You know, if you're an alcoholic, it's only when you're sitting down and you're doing nothing at all that people start worrying. They go, oh, I think I'll just have a little drink. And you think, oh, no, don't have a little drink. Uh, 84850, Chris in Manchesterford, says you mentioned heaven. Given the amount of talented people taken already this year, sounds like somebody is planning on one hell of a variety performance up there. Oh, they've got everybody, haven't they? And we've even got the compare. We've got the compare. It's lovely. Oh, here's Naomi Campbell. Supermodel work jetting Naomi down. She's a horrible little show-off. She really is. I mean, some all she is, she's a clothes horse. She puts clothes on and sort of sashays up and down a catwalk, and that's called a job nowadays. You and I do it every single day. We put our clothes on, walk outside, watch the cab going backwards and forwards, and sometimes you get in the cab, and she calls it work. So she's got such a hectic lifestyle. Oh, diddums. Grow up, love, for goodness sake. You're a bigger bore than I always thought you were. Uh, you do stop to pick up 50 pence. A penny you wouldn't bother with, but 50 pence you would do. Uh, the statue to honour Britain's answer to Oscar Schindler. Aliens, I don't want to panic you at the moment, but aliens could be about to attack the Earth. And Sharon Osbourne comes out as bisexual. Anybody else want to come out this morning? I'm so bored with it. Ridiculous. But if you want to come out, then uh, I suggest you do it right now. Oh, and the Queen celebrates her 90th birthday. Bet you never knew that one, did you? Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. Thursday, 21st of April. Gutted that Peter Andre's coffee shop is opened. I mean, let's face it, it got so much free publicity on his uh, little reality show, when he had a reality show. Now, of course, he can't get arrested, can he? Victoria Wood loses her secret cancer battle, and that's the story on the front of every paper she is, as they say, in the business. A bit like Ronnie Corbett, a national treasure. Can't believe it's not been reported. The Queen celebrates her 90th birthday today. She's lucky she has two birthdays. We've not quite worked out why. Perhaps it's greed. Uh, the police chief to sue the McCanns. This can't be the best news they've heard. The French who say that English bubbly is better than champagne. Jail for the party nurse who drove off with a police constable clinging to the bonnet of her car. They only put her in prison for a year. Should have been ten, shouldn't it, really? And William, Prince William says, I'll avoid politics like my grandmother. Only because I don't think he knows anything about politics. I mean, it's not a case of avoiding it. It's a case of no point in talking about something because they'll, they'll twist you in knots over it. It's not really worth it. Uh, and Jamie wants to know, as the Queen has two birthdays, does that make her 180 in Queenie years? I don't know, actually. I still can't work out why there are two birthdays. Did she get two lots of cards? Two lots of presents? Do you think she actually, actually gets presents from the family? Do you think Charles goes, oh, God, I don't know what to get her. Uh, William, go around Poundland, have a quick look, see if there's anything in there, you know, Ma would like, and just and see what happened. I don't know. I don't know what you'd buy for her. You can hardly go and buy an antique, can you? You're not going to be buying an antique because she's got loads of antiques. She seems to work with quite a few antiques. And, um, I mean, what, what would you buy? I'm told, I'm told they like silly presents. You know, like bars of soap or bath bombs or something like that. That silly present, because they've got everything else. Everything else is handed down, isn't it? So they don't need to go out to antique shows or car boot sales. Just think. Just think. Prince William and Harry have never had the delights of going to a car boot sale. How can they possibly be in the real world if you've never had the delight of going around buying somebody else's rubbish? I mean, admittedly, all their rubbish is inherited rubbish, and it's probably terribly expensive. But, you know, why, why would they not deny themselves that? They, they could go in disguise. Harry could go round there, stick a, stick a beanie hat on, pair of sunglasses. Nobody'd know it was him. Nobody'd know. He could just go round there and go, and go and buy something, couldn't they? And then sort of take it back and go, look what I've just bought. It's so fantastic. It's a Toby jug. Looks like Dad. 
<laughs> Here he is. He's the busiest man in the world. This is a 67-year-old. He's, uh, he's everything, actually. He is absolutely everything. His name is uh, Billy. Uh, Billy's on this little island where he is, Billy Muir. He's got all... He, he got an MBE for services to the community. He, he is the community. He is. He's, um, he's up early every day to fit in all his jobs. He has been the part-time lighthouse keeper at Britain's tallest lighthouse for 46 years. He walks 500 tourists up its 176 steps each year. Keeps me fit. Uh, he does here. He's a sheep farmer. He's the fireman. He's a shop assistant. He's the air traffic controller. He does holiday letting. He's got a yarn company. He's a contractor. And he's the airport taxi as well. <laughs> he's got all these jobs. Seriously, he's got all these jobs. And Prince William struggles with one part-time helicopter pilot. Oh, dear me. It's hilarious. You always find it's the elderly people, isn't it, who put in the most hours. Look at the Queen. She puts in the most hours out of anybody. Today she will do a... She'll probably do a walkabout. She'll be surrounded by, a, I'm assuming, a number of uh, members of the royal family who just sort of muscle in on it. So you'll have to put up probably with Prince Andrew's daughters and uh, probably either William or Harry will pitch up to go walk round just to sort of reflect on the glory that the, uh, that the Queen gets when she walks around because everybody likes her. Everybody wants to see... The, everybody's interested in seeing the rest of the family. We only want to see the Queen. <laughs> uh, another one here. Says, uh, somebody says, well, I, I can't read it out because the answer would be die, Peter. OK, that, that would be the answer, die. That, that would be the, uh, the good one for you. <laughs> uh, when you die, Steve, Twickenham and Richmond will shut down. But on the good side, we have all the LBC records to remind us. Yes, we have podcasting. We have podcasting. You could download. Uh, it's back to December just gone when we repeated the Victoria Wood in conversation and you can have a listen to that. I thought she was on good form. Still, you know, quite a reluctant interview. Quite a reluctant. We've got a little clip of it which we'll play in about about 30 minutes time for you. Uh which is uh, which is quite nice. But you can listen to the whole thing for free at LBC. Oh, the whole thing is on there, is it? Oh right, at lbc.co.uk. So if you want to have a listen to uh, to that, it's a lovely interview. Very nice interview. And I think we were talking about one of her television programs. I'm pretty certain we were. Pretty certain. So go to lbc.co.uk. I met a lady, actually. I was in a uh, pool shop yesterday. I mean, most days. And uh, and she came up to me and she went, Are you Steve Allen? People always do that. They always whisper to me. And uh, I feel like, like, do speak up. I'm, I'm a trifle deaf. Uh, Are you Steve Allen? Yes. She'd come all the way over from Austria. Not specifically to see me, but she trekked all the way from Streatham that day to come and have a look round Twickenham to see where all the places that we talk about. So Sandy's the fish shop, uh, Mr Modi, the newsagent, Andy with the frame shop on the corner, uh, Goods the chemist, uh, down, down Water Lane to my hairdresser with Kasia and Michael and Perry, and then down a bit further, off to the left, the Barmy Arms. It's all there. They're all real places. I think people think it's a bit like Ambridge. They think it doesn't really exist. So they're always quite surprised when they eventually come into Twicker and they go... Oh, right, there, there, there's Goods the Chemist. That's, that's the chemist that he goes to. That's the show. Because they're all real places. They're not made... I think some people think they're made up. I remember a friend of mine bumping into a, another friend of mine at my party and saying, oh, you do exist. And she said, yes. They said, we, we thought he was making you up. As if I made things up. It's ridiculous. Why on earth would I want to make anything up at all? But it was always very funny when people turn up. So to all the people who listen to the programme, who wander into Twickenham and have a, and have a quick look... 
Yes, it all exists. It's all there, I promise you. Uh, looking forward, says little Julie, uh, to the programme about the Queen, featuring some unseen home movie footage. Should be quite interesting. I see, see Phil made a cottage pie. Do you think he used a halogen oven? No, he won't use a halogen oven. He's already told me he's not going to use a halogen oven, which I, th- I thought was a little bit disappointing, because I thought that would have been a, the thing. To, but he, he won't do that. He'll be texting us later on this morning, you know, as he gets up to go to work. <laughs> I wonder what, I, I, the funny thing is, he never tells me what he's making every day. I'm supposed to, to second-guess these things. Uh, did I win on the lottery? I've got no idea. I'm having, uh, I'm having a look at it at the LBC website, and, uh, and they've got it on there uh, so that people can listen to the Victoria Wood interview. Uh, which is good. So I'm very pleased about that, that that's gone up there because it was a, a great interview. Great interview. Uh, another one here, very quickly. Um, oh, I mentioned Simon Marks, didn't I? Uh, Philip says, get the Bentley ready. Steve, Steve Brakes, I should just start the, uh, start the engine. And then uh, somebody says, you're having a terrible time with the taxis this week. I know. It's, I think it's just a phase. I think it's just a, a phase. Uh, Steve, very sad about Victoria Wood, but mercifully, like many other celebrities, died after a short battle with illness, which is how most of us want to go. Oh, I want to go when I'm asleep. Don't want to do it when I'm alive. Definitely not. Um, and um, driver problems, says Stuart, again. I know. I'm plagued with it at the moment, aren't I, really? It's a bit uh, It's a bit odd, actually. I don't know why it is. I've really got no idea. And then Carol says, oh, Steve, you do make me laugh. I know. Uh, Alison's the one who's talking about uh, Outlander. And uh, somebody here, uh, whose name is... It could be Hannah, actually. And she says, I'm one of the many, many people who worked on The Jungle Book. So glad you liked it. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was so clever. And, of course, most of it done over here, wasn't it? In fact, all of the CGI stuff was done here. And there would have been an army of people working on it. And that's what's so so clever. That's what we have in this country. We have all the uh, all the technical people. And uh, I was actually strange enough. I was talking. This is a very odd thing, isn't it? But I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday, and we were talking about um, what were we talking about? Oh, retirement and how people don't plan for their retirement. And uh, she was saying that her husband dreads getting made redundant because I said a close friend of mine has just been made redundant at the age of uh, fifty something. And uh, she said, my husband's dreading it. So they've got another property, which they rent out. And, and she said, that's literally what's going to see us through. But how today's young people are going to cope in the housing market? God alone knows. It's a fortune. Even to rent places now, you're looking at, you know, round our way, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 a month quite easily. I've spoken to people before who work here who are house sharing. And the, the rent is like £1,800 a month, but they split it between four of them. It's terribly expensive. And she was saying that, you know, that's what our, um, our nest egg is. The nest egg is the, is the property. It's going to go up in, in value. Because the people who she's renting out to at the moment have said, you know, do you want to sell it? And she said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's, that's our, little, uh, our little, little bit of earning money at the end of the day. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC dot co dot uk and we shall uh, weave everything in as we can on the program because we're a bit like that actually we're just sort of sometimes we're very nice and um uh, connor says uh i've come out on lbc uh, with my autism traits of adhd so i'll go for the hat trick i'm also bisexual oh not another please stop it now this is after uh, sharon osborne has come out as bisexual not surprised when when faced with the idea of sharon you know, given the choice, I mean, you're, you're going to go for something a little bit better, aren't you? Um, and who else? Oh, this girl who was in uh, Geordie Shore. 
Marnie Simpson, she's come out as bisexual. How dreary. Poor old soul, honestly. Best publicity, the only publicity she can get nowadays. They're not interested in anything she can do because she appears not to be able to do anything. But she's good in the fe- female department. So, uh, so that's good news, isn't it? Why would somebody want to come out and tell you that? I mean, Jamie says if everybody came out, there wouldn't be anybody left in. I know, it's almost, it's, it's that old joke, isn't it? I've been out so long, I'm thinking of going back in again to make it more entertaining. It's ridiculous, you know, I never understand why sort of people sort of insist on sort of shoving their sexuality down your throat, if you'll pardon the expression. But it's not the kind of thing, I don't think you need to know about it, do you? It's like sort of, I mean, I can't think of anything else that's so dull and boring. Oh, yes, I've come out as bisexual, you know. And then you think, what if anybody's ever come out as trisexual? I wonder what trisexual would be. Don't want to think about that one. That's far too far too disturbing. I think far too disturbing. But you're right. If everybody because it makes it so much easier if everybody came out, then you wouldn't have to faff around with people. Just go. I really fancy you. I'll go out with you, and they go. That's okay. I, I really quite like you as well. I'm not really that bothered, but you know, I will for the purposes of this uh, of this program. And that's how it works nowadays, doesn't it? Because now it makes news, and they put it in Heat magazine. They must be so desperate in Heat magazine for some celebrity to say something. The very idea that some old bag from Geordie Shore, a program just full of drunk old tramps, is prepared to come out as bisexual. Who cares? Who seriously cares about it? Nobody. Uh, still to come, Marmite gets the royal approval, and. Um, and that very interesting story about the aliens, don't want to worry you, aliens could be about to attack the Earth. I hope you're prepared for this. What do you mean you're not prepared for it? I'd, get, I'd start building your shelters. I mean, apart from the fact that you're going to get Independence Day 2 coming out, this is, a, this is quite a serious story about it. You, you think I'm jesting. I promise you, I'm quite serious. Aliens could be about to attack the Earth, and we've encouraged it. We've encouraged it. How? I'll tell you in a moment, because it's quarter past five. Nick Ferrari at breakfast, every weekday morning from seven, only on LBC. And Nick and the team this morning. David Cameron sparks a furious row after accusing the Labour mayoral candidate Sadiq Khan of sharing a platform with an Islamic extremist. Are the Prime Minister's comments justified or racist? We speak to the grieving mum who's been told to remove a footy-themed headstone from her dead son's grave. And Victoria Wood dies after a short battle with cancer, aged just 62. They'll talk to those who worked with her. Plus, on the Queen's 90th birthday, the royal commentator Phil Dampier is with Nick to take a look through the papers. That's Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning. From 7, after the morning news with Lisa Aziz, I can now tell you what Phil Vickery's cooking today. Chocolate cake. You see, it's funny, that doesn't do a thing for me, chocolate. I, I watch people doing it. I used to like watching people making Black Forest uh, gatto. But it's in honour of, uh, of Her Majesty. So that's quite nice. Cho- does she like chocolate cake, then? I like a, I like. Is it Black Forest gatto, gatto that's got kirsch with it? It's got cherries and cream and... Cur- it always looks a bit gooey and messy. But because I'm not a chocolate person, particularly... I mean, I've eaten chocolate, but I'm not particularly wild about it. I quite like the idea of, of Phil Vickery who doesn't work in our local bank, um, making a chocolate cake for this morning. That sounds a good idea, doesn't it, really? Uh, Chocolate cake. Actually, I I could... uh, Tom and Ken says, I came out as trisexual. I'll try anything once. Thank you. Mo says, very sad to hear about Victoria Wood. And uh, with all the trouble with your taxi, I think Kevin should come and, uh, and pick you up on his float. Carla says, your taxi terrors are hilarious. I don't mean to sound unkind. I still love you, actually. <laughs> the idea of coming in on a, on a float. Somebody offered the other day to actually bring me in on the back of a bicycle. A bicycle. I mean, a me on the back of a bicycle. What happens if it rains? They go, well, you just get wet. Apparently, the Queen does like chocolate cake, says Phil. She does like... I bet she doesn't eat much of it. I bet she just has a little mouthful of goat. Lovely. Thank you. Would it be a rich chocolate cake? 
It's got to be dark chocolate, hasn't it? So it's got to be dark sponge. Oh, it's making my mouth water. Because I could see it. And I could see it with loads of cream oozing out the side and cherries and or perhaps perhaps not, not cherries on it. <laughs> perhaps I'm just making that bit up. I like the sound I, mean, I like the sound of it, but I wouldn't eat it. I'm more cherry genoa. <laughs> or fruitcake. I like I like a good fruitcake. I do I do like that actually. So chocolate cake because the Queen likes chocolate cake. Do you think she sits down and goes, I'm gonna pig out today. Make me I mean she doesn't even need to go to Patisserie Valerie. She's got it all on the premises. They, 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 they can make anything they want for her. How lovely. How lovely. Uh, greetings from Mexico City. Do you think princesses Aubergine and Beetroot will be there today? Oh, they'll jump in on any, any, anybody's publicity. Yes, I think that's good names for them. Aubergine and Beetroot. Here they are, the two most useless children in the entire world. She must look at them and go, do you think they're ever going to do a day's work? Absolutely not. Bone idle, but they love jumping in on the bandwagon, don't they? Um, Phil says, I'll, I'll get back to you in 15 Oh. Minutes, I'm assuming, that is. Minutes. I'm assuming he's got to get himself ready. So, why is it, as her latest romance hits the rocks, she's sexy, she's rich, so why can't, why can't Nicole Scherzinger uh, actually find lasting love? Answer, because she keeps trying to pin these people down. She wants to settle down, and of course the people who, who go with her don't want to settle down, they just want to sleep with her. And she's not quite worked that bit out yet because she's not the brightest penny in the box. So sexy and rich, but so terribly lonely because the latest one has just finished because, again, he's very much younger than her and he doesn't want to settle down. You know, why would she want to settle down? Look at poor old Spagbol here in Afternoon as just shh, Cheryl. That's her only name now. She doesn't have any surname at all. It's uh, in an attempt to try and prove that she's something more than just a vacuous airhead who's, uh, who's got a bit of a conviction behind her. That's the only thing she's trying to do. So Nicole Scherzing gets lovely for a poor old woman to start posing in sort of bra and going, oh, aren't I sexy and all the rest of it. Yeah, but, you know, obviously away from that, you're obviously quite dull. Quite dull and boring. A bit like poor old Katie Price. She's terribly dull and boring. She's, I mean, she really is dull. Do you remember when she went out with that little... That little boy that she'd picked up at Elton John's party. I wonder what he was doing there, actually. A pretty boy at an Elton John party. Good heavens above, ladies and gentlemen. I can't believe it. There is a picture, actually, of the paper of David Furnish. Out with um, Patrick Cox and somebody else. With a big smile on his face. Like he was some sort of celebrity or something. I suppose just Elton John's wife. Or husband or whatever it is. They worked out. I don't know what's going on. Uh, so, Nicole Scherzinger, what does she do? The answer is she'll find somebody else. Because there'll always be somebody willing to sleep with her. And they won't want to settle down either. They don't want to settle down. I mean, I don't know how old she is now. She must be... Oh, she's 37. Well, of course, in entertainment terms, 37. That's practically pushing the boat out. And she can't find anybody. She can find people younger than herself to go out. Well, she went out with Ed Sheeran. She went out with Lewis Hamilton. I didn't put much faith in that one. She's been out with um, Steve Watsit, who apparently has been out with everybody, but it's just a photograph. And apparently she went out with Harry Styles. I don't believe she ever went out with Harry Styles. You ever seen any pictures of Harry Styles holding girls' hands? No, me neither. Me neither. Um, and then in the end, they say, why can't she find love? You don't need to waste time doing a whole feature on it. It's because she wants to settle down and they don't. And that's, it's as simple as that. Why would you want to settle down and be stuck with her for the rest of your life? God, blimey. Because uh, well, once you pull somebody like that, presumably you can pull just about anybody, can't you? Um, Catherine Jenkins is uh, being allowed to edit the uh, bizarre column for today. And so she should... And uh, she'll be in here a little bit later on. Uh, plus, uh, roses get a £3 million new look. This is Cadbury's roses. They've redesigned the, uh, the box. Uh, and they've now risked the wrath of its customers. Apparently, the shapes of 
favourites, Hazel and Caramel and Coffee Escape, are changing from oblong to square with a curved top. Also, the twist wrappers will be ditched in flavour of crimped ends. I have to be honest, I've never bought a box of Cadbury's Roses, so I'm none the wiser. I don't even I didn't even know they did different flavours in there. I really didn't. I just thought that they were all the same. But apparently they're all they're all different. Uh, they say the new wrappers prevent the flavours tainting each other while the shape changes. We'll wait for this. Create a better melt in the mouth experience. What a load of old cobblers, honestly. They come up with Cadbury's. That's an American selling it to you, love. It's an American. Okay, it's not owned by a British company anymore. It's American. Oh look, Mick Mick Jagger's found a, a new friend here. And uh, she's a, a singer. And she does Portuguese fado music, I think it's pronounced. I don't even know what that is, but it's lovely. Whose music's rich list? Go on, who's, who's got the money out there? Let's have a quick look. Let's have a quick look. Uh, Adele, 85 million. 85, that's not bad, is it? 85 million, I can go for that one. Uh, annual increase, uh, 35 million. Uh, Bowie's widow, Iman and son, 90 million. Uh, Enya, 97, sorry, 91 million. Enya, 91 million. Sail away, sail away, sail away. Uh, moving up the list, let's find somebody you know. Robert Plant, Jimmy Page, uh, George Michael, all around the 100 million mark. Uh, George Michael, mainly saving his in case he reverses us into any more uh, shops. Uh, Brian May, 120 million. Roger Taylor, 115 million. Tom Jones, 155 million. Tim Rice, 150 million. Oh, he's got to be worth more than that. Don't you think so? I thought so. Uh, Michael Flatley, 198 million. Not surprised, actually. I've just watched his his Celtic show. Fantastic. Elton John, 280 million. Mick Jagger, 235 million. Olivia and Dani Harrison, 220 million. Lord Lloyd Webber, seven. We get a big jump, actually. You two. 500 million, but that could be the whole group combined. Might not be individually. Uh, then you jump up for Lord Lloyd Webber at 715 million, and then a huge jump. Paul McCartney, 760 million pounds. 760 million quid. That is a lot of money. But uh, who would begrudge it to him? Not me. Not me. I adore the Beatles. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. I mean, I absolutely. Absolutely love anything that the Beatles have uh, have, uh, have actually got. Picking out is my favourite hobby. Everything I fancy all at once, then back to normal. In fact, I stopped eating bread for a couple of weeks and I lost £10. Yeah, I mean, bread is absolutely the most awful thing, isn't it? Absolutely the most awful thing. You don't... Uh, you don't... Uh, you shouldn't really be eating bread at all. You really shouldn't be eating bread. It's sort of... It's it's very, very bad for you. Even if it's good bread, it's still bad for you. It's not... Uh, it's good. Paul says, I'd settle down with Nicole. Just don't tell the wife. Oh, exactly. I mean, as I say, the only people who are going to sort of hang around with Nicole are the people who want to uh, to sleep with her. And then once she starts getting heavy, like, oh, maybe we have baby. And you go, I don't think so, dear. Oh, you know, one baby with me? A bit like Nancy Delolio. I mean, she's going to be sitting on that shelf till the cobwebs grow round her, isn't she, really? <laughs> Not going to change anything else, is it? Uh, Billy Ten Jobs makes all the papers say... I don't know why. It's probably just because they found him and they thought, let's actually put him in the uh, in the papers because uh, he seems quite a jolly soul. Uh, where's the most PC-paralysed council? Uh, it does look a little bit uh, as if it's Brighton and Hove City Council. The Republic of Right-Ons, balmy ideas coming to a council near you. They've got uh, unisex toilets, 
So in Rotting Dean, they've replaced male and female loos with gender-neutral toilets to aid the transgender community. Oh, for God. Well, how many are there? What are the thousands down there or something? Uh, also, they ask pupils to choose from 25 gender terms. And as part of traffic-calming measures, they wanted to use flocks of sheep on roads. They really are off their trolleys down there, aren't they? Poor souls. But, you know, it's a nice place to go to if you want to sort of go and see what low lowlifes really look like. And the famous people who live down there, Noel Gallagher, he's in Hove. And uh, also uh, David Walliams, the comic children's author. Peter Andrex lives down there. Uh, coffee shop closed in 2012. But uh, it, it would opened in 2012 and then he shut it last year over high rents. Or the fact that, obviously, they couldn't make any money at it. <laughs> Which is probably more the, more the answer, I should imagine. Nick Cave lived in Brighton for over a decade. And Norman Cook and Zoe Ball, they actually have seen their house. They're out, they're out sort of on the little bit of beach where it's all sort of... To be honest with you, they, they go for a small fortune. And it's quite nice. But it just means that people can probably get quite near you. Which is not really the most... Very expensive to live. I mean, it is in, in sort of Hove. It's very expensive. You go out... I looked at some houses down there years ago when they were certainly in their millions... Because, you know, I'm absolutely stinking rich. I can really afford multi-million pound houses. Not. But it's always fun to look, isn't it? LBC Newstime, 5.30. Leading Britain's conversation. LBC with Steve Allen. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 27 minutes to six. Hilarious story. Hilarious story. Do you remember, um, was it last week, uh, Kelvin McKenzie wrote a piece about the hefty hideaway girl in Gogglebox called Scarlet Moffat. And uh, he said she was, uh, she thinks she's a role model to people. And he was going, no, you're not. Uh, you know, you look like the person who sat on the tuffet and eaten it as well. And, uh, and she went, don't say that about this. It turns out she was about to do a diet thing. Which, of course, means that she also thinks she's overweight. And, of course, she'd been to the doctor to find out if she was diabetic. Well, as I pointed out before, you'd have to be a bit stupid. You know, the, the hard and fast rule for diabetes is how many, how many times you wake up in the night and go to the toilet. You know, do you sweat in the middle of winter? There's all sorts of, you know, little things that you would, uh, you would go to the doctor about because that would trigger a bit of an alarm call. Anyway, she complained bitterly that he was being fattest. And I thought, no, you're definitely fattest. Believe you me. And um, it's very interesting because she was about to tie up a deal with a diet company. And it was worth... This is how all these people work now. What they do is they'll find some hefty hideaway and they go, listen, Dart, would you like to endorse this? We give you £25,000. And she'd go, I'd do that, I'd do that. Because all she does is pig out on the programme. And she is, she's way overweight, way overweight. But uh, anyway, so she'd, she'd signed this deal for £25,000 on a celebrity diet brand. And she'd started at boot camp. Because this is what they do. They actually get... Um, Shed loads come out in December. Yeah, I mean, this, this is how it works. You start doing now, and so she'd go to boot camp, somebody would train her for ages and ages, and then all of a sudden she'll come out and say, oh, it was all due to this one. Well, anyway, she's, uh, she's actually lost out on it. Why? Because she was stupid. She didn't get permission to do it. She's under contract to Channel 4. They are not allowed to just go off and endorse things. So, thick girl, really thick, mainly around the thighs, you know, cannot pick up the £25,000, and so she's got to go back. And somebody said, why don't you just stick to watching television, dear? Because, you know, you sign a contract, and the contract says they own you. That's why you very rarely see anybody from TOWIE endorsing anything that's established. A few of them do it, and they get paid a bit of money. Endorse this tan thing. They've got to get permission. You know, if they think it's going to do the brand harm, and let's face it, she's a nobody. She's an absolute nobody. She knows nothing at all. 
about it. But then uh, somebody says that Scarlett did not run this deal past Channel 4 for permission. She personally decided she didn't want to pursue the, uh, the conversation with this group any further. Of course not. So she's lost out on the money. Listen, don't don't stretch yourself, darling. It makes you look very silly. Um, apparently, apparently, go no further. Secret inside information on Her Majesty the Queen. Go to see Phil Vickery. She doesn't eat cake anymore. You see, I think, Phil, you're right. I think that she would be like me. There'll be certain things that you go, oh, I'd love a piece of that. And when I was younger, my mum made cakes and rock cakes and, and biscuits and all sorts of things. But she was very good at doing cherry genoa. And uh, she did Simnel cake. She did all sorts. Of, she was just very good at, at baking, and she loved things like that. And I can imagine, as, as my mother got a bit older, uh, she started eating healthy. She'd have uh, muesli for breakfast, a little bit of orange juice. She she was a very healthy person, and yet still, she died of cancer. So it goes to prove, you know, you you can live your life very well, and you can eat healthily, and all the rest of it, and you just don't know, you know, whether or not. You know, something's going to strike you down, like poor Victoria Wood at the age of 62. And uh, and it's just terrible, really. It really is terrible. So it doesn't matter what you eat, what you do. Some people are very lucky. They get through their life. They can drink, they can eat, they can smoke, and it doesn't affect them. But they're few and far between. The rest of us have to try and look forward to something, and we have to try and eat healthily. And I always think if I eat lots of different bits and pieces, then eventually some of it's going to do me some good. And I I don't think I'm doing too badly. I just don't. I don't think I'm doing that well. But at the other hand, you know, I'm still uh, I'm still living at the moment, as I keep reminding everybody. Uh, in a minute, well, in fact, just after quarter two, I'll play you that uh, little bit which we've uh, taken from my interview with Victoria Wood, which was done a little over a year ago. little over a year ago. Then we repeated it at Christmas because it was such a nice interview. Who'd have thought yesterday we'd have been... Uh, sitting down going, I can't believe that she died. Uh, I appeared on Ian Dale's programme because they ran a bit of my interview. And uh, and then they, they spoke to me after that, which was which was quite nice, actually, because I did get the feeling that I was in a Victoria Wood sketch. I felt as though I sort of wandered into some surreal interview. It was lovely. Apparently, Phil likes Genoa as well. I love it. Very moist cherry Genoa, isn't it? And uh, funnily enough, I do enjoy shop-bought cakes, I mean, I've been to the factories where they make them, and I, I love it. But I, I do love a good fruit cake. Marzipan, I can't eat at all now. I, I, I just think I'm not sure if it's all sugar, but whatever it is, marzipan, I, I don't tend to eat. But uh, a bit of fruit cake would go. I haven't had a bit of fruit cake for ages. I mean, I promise you, best part of a best part of a year. But just a little tiny bit of fruitcake would be absolutely delightful. It really was. Uh, Steve George II was born in November. And felt the weather would be too cold at that time of year for the annual birthday parade. So we had it combined with Trooping the Colour, which is why the monarch has two birthdays. And, of course, the colour is the flag, isn't it? They troop the flag. And uh, I always enjoy watching that. I don't know if she's... Uh, she's st- I don't think she's doing it on a horse, is she? I don't think she's doing it on a horse anymore. But still, still very, very interesting. Um, another one here. And uh, a lot of people talking about, and they're going to be talking about it with Nick Ferrari on breakfast this morning, about uh, David Cameron, who sparked this row over the Labour mayoral candidate, Sadiq Khan, who shared a platform with an Islamic extremist. And people stood up in the House and were accusing him of being racist. So Nick Ferrari is going to ask the question, justified or racist? Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see what uh, what happens on uh, that one. And uh, poor old Pete says, I'll have to be avoiding all British radio as I'm not into royalty. Oh, well, that's a shame, really. I thought you'd be more intelligent than that. 
He says, um, and the obscenely stratified British class system. Well, I don't know. Do you think there's a British class system? Oh, you think you think we're going to stop talking about it tomorrow, do you? <laughs> How unlikely. Uh, there's a full list of London mayoral candidates available at lbc.co.uk. You can make up your own mind, can't you? Uh, another one here. Uh, a lot of people sending me in uh, nice things this morning. I quite like that, you know, when people sort of have a have a thought on, on stuff. And... Um, it's the, it's the summer thing. Emma from Oldbury knows about the uh, the birthdays as well. And Winnie says, I'd love it if uh, one or two of these so-called celebs told us they enjoy a nice early night getting to bed with a cup or a hot water bottle. That'd be more shocking news to me. I know, but they're so desperately sad and lonely. And because they really are so absolutely awful, you know, they have to come out and tell you that they're bisexual. I mean, as if, seriously, that makes news. Heat magazine, they must be so desperate really must be so desperate to actually print the fact that somebody's come out and gone, I'm bisexual. Talking to Cake, says little Julie, a slice of Black Forest Gatto would suit me fine later. Yeah, it's got to be really moist. It's got to be really moist, Black Forest Gatto. It's got to be really, you know, if you could, and I haven't eaten a piece of that for a long time. I mean, it must be a good, if I said three years, you'd think I was, I was telling fibs, but I promise you about, uh, about that, about three years, I would think at least. I just don't do cake. I'm just not a not a great uh, a great cake person. I love looking at them. Don't get me wrong, and and, I, and you can't beat a cream slice. Or failing that, Greg's do this this uh, apple turnover with cream in it. I mean, it's impossible to eat it without the cream shooting out the side of the. F- oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. But uh, and if I have one every three weeks, that that just about sees me off. I can I can sort of be happily floating about up in the ceiling with that one. 84850 Steve at uk. Daily Star on the front page today. I've got Victoria Wood dying of cancer at 62. She kept it very secret. Like most of things in her life. You never saw Victoria going out on the town. You know, she did go out to the theatre but she kept a low profile. She was quite a shy person. Very, very shy person. Um... Also, I've noticed that um, Sharon Osborne says, I fancy women. She says, I, th- she says, I think everybody is, uh, is gay. She thinks everybody's gay. Oh, God, I hope to God it's not her son. Really, I do hope not. I know he's married, but I mean, you don't think he's going to come out as bisexual, do you? Actually, if the daughter came out as bisexual, I don't think anybody would be at all surprised. And, uh, and we could just hope, can't we, that if Ozzy Osbourne comes out as bisexual, we're all going to crawl back into the shell by ourselves and batten down the hatches. Can't think of anything worse. Um, D-Day for Evans. This is Chet Evans. Could return to football. He will learn whether his rape conviction will be quashed by the Court of Appeal. And uh, everybody's going to be watching that one very closely. And the Poles in a British town get their own Kopski. It's a woman who happens to uh, be half Polish. There's loads of um, Polish police officers. I don't know why they made such a big deal about this in the Daily Star. Uh, PC Carlin says, from feedback so far, it does seem like quite a few people from migrant communities seem to be afraid of the police and talking to the police. (laughs) Yeah, why do you think that would be, dear? Why do you think that would be? Go to the courts, that'll tell you. And uh, the maniac gets a rights. This is mass killer Anders Breviks. Human rights have been violated whilst in prison. He was jailed for 21 years. That's all he got for killing 77 people on a rampage. He took the authorities to court last month after being kept isolated for other lags. He became a laughing stock among his countrymen when he complained the cold coffee and microwave meals he gets served in jail were worse than waterboarding. I mean, the man's an idiot. I'm sorry. And he's only in prison for 21 years for murdering. I would have thought 21 years for every single one of those children would be too little. 
With too little. I mean, please tell me they're not going to let him out at any time soon. Also, Loose Women viewers have uh, blasted a stand-up comic who made a joke about ISIS. Uh, Shazia Mirza said on yesterday's show that Muslim girls were going to Syria because jihadis are hot. Uh, she says, I'm more scared of my dad than ISIS. She added her mum wore a burqa because she doesn't want to be seen with my dad. And one fan tweeted, the gags about ISIS were disgusting. Another said that ISIS was not a joke. No, it was inappropriate. Totally inappropriate. Shouldn't have been, uh, shouldn't have been aired at all on the programme. As I say, probably the same programme that Ruth decided that if Eamon came out as bisexual, she would divorce him. I've advised him to keep it very, very quiet. Uh, also, also Gascoigne, still not the full shilling, is he? And you just get the feeling he's going to fall off the edge again. And uh, Paul McCartney, £760 million. I don't begrudge him a penny. It's interesting, his £760 million, of course, you know, his, his streets ahead of what Ringo Starr's got. But there again, Ringo Starr never had the hits that the Beatles had, you know, because they were all Lennon and McCartney, weren't they? So £760 million, but you can't take it with you. I'd love to see what his will looks like. That would be a very interesting day's reading, I would think. I should imagine he's probably, uh, you know, looked... You know, look very carefully and decided what's the money going to go into. I mean, he might have uh, foundations at the moment. I've got no idea. Somebody writing in uh, about David Beckham. Why doesn't he make Brooklyn go out and get a job? Unless at the end of the day they're all spoilt, says Helen in Hertfordshire. Well, he was out on a school day the other day, but we're not totally convinced he goes to school. Which, which school does Brooklyn Beckham go to? Which school do any of them go to? Or are they too grand for school? Because, you know, we seem to have pictures of them playing. And at the time when everybody's in school, they appear to be out playing and out skateboarding and everything else. I mean, do they go to school in the morning or are they not going to school? Perhaps they're privately schooled. Or is the whole thing just a bunch of old hooey? Who knows? Quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. Text 84850. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. So we have a, we have a little clip uh, to play for you. And uh, this is in the light of the uh, sudden and tragic death of Victoria Wood, who died yesterday at the age of 62. She kept her cancer very secret from people. She didn't tell anybody. I think just close family uh, knew about it and close family were there at the end of her life. A great, great tragedy for British comedy. She left us with a great legacy because all of the uh, programmes she made are out on DVD and you can appreciate they've all printed because she was nice. She was very, very shy. I don't think she enjoyed doing interviews. I don't think she was very good at, at explaining exactly what it was she did. But whatever it was she did, she did it blooming well. She did it very, very well indeed. And it seemed to ring a bell with a lot of people. She harked back to better times when it was all brass bands. And uh, you didn't go out talking about your love life. So she did it in a tongue-in-cheek way. Sometimes I'm convinced she used to make herself laugh. She was very generous with the people she worked with. She gave them some of the best lines. And, of course, it uh, brought those people to prominence. And she had her stable of uh, stars that she wanted to work with. The Julie Walters, the Celia Imrys, the Duncan Prestons. The list goes on. She had about 20 or 30 people who she worked with all the time. And she was, she was just interesting. I went down with Kevin Hughes last uh, March to a studio in Soho. Uh, she was there talking about her latest DVD, and so it was with some trepidation, because I'd, I'd only ever seen her in the past. I'd been to see her shows, and I was aware of her, and I knew uh, her husband, her ex-husband, the great Suprendo. 
and I'd uh, I'd given him um, an effect that he wanted to use in his magic act. And uh, she was a lovely lady, and as I say, it came as the biggest shock to those people. Uh, Kevin was telling me earlier on that when he went to Funny Girl last night, he was telling people on the red carpet that that, uh, she died. Some of them were blissfully unaware that she had, so there were lots of tears. Uh, When we met, which was last March, we sat down in a in a very nice little studio, and I remember it to this day as I remember all my interviews, and she was talking about how it all started. The very, very first thing, I did local telly um, for BBC Midlands, and then from that I transferred onto New Faces, which was shot in Birmingham at ATV. <laughs> and then I got the plum job of trying to write songs for Esther Ranson on That's Life. Yes, I can remember. I <laughs> yeah. remember. They used to have... A, it, it was, I thought the programme was brilliant, but it was a great showcase for you. Yes, it great was. Great showcase. It was, but I didn't really know how to sort of exploit it, so I didn't actually get any work out of it, because I didn't have an agent or anything. I was a bit hopeless. I was very hopeless. I feel like I'm in the middle of work. one of your sketches at the I know. moment. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> I feel it's Pat and Margaret all over again. Because it's, uh, so in those days, you didn't. Did you know where you wanted to go? Did you no, have any I didn't. idea? I did not. And people just kept saying to me, "We don't know what to do with you because you don't fit into anything." And people say, "Well, you're too fat for this, and you're not good looking." And blah. people were really, really patronising to me. And also, I wasn't really that good. So I don't blame people now for not being that keen. But I think you know, you have an idea of of what you might do or you have an idea of something that you want to do but it takes a few years for it to work itself out so you know you don't arrive on the planet fully fledged age 21 as a stand-up that just doesn't happen and and as as a woman as well and not as a glamorous woman, it was more difficult to yeah. find a way through. But, there was, but there was, you're right, there was nowhere for you to work, really. There, there was nowhere. There was only there was no work, There was the working men's clubs, which I couldn't, I couldn't have done. I'd have been stoned yes, well, to death. You should have been lynched. <laughs> and then there wasn't really anywhere else, you know. There were, there were folk clubs. I did do a few folk clubs where I died to death because I wasn't any good. Oh, <laughs> I know Wait. my sad life, oh. my sad career. I just like to have a laugh, really. That's my yeah. raison d'être. So, what were your influences then when you were when you were growing up? Who were the who were the women out there? And I'm assuming but it was mainly women. But there, but there weren't not. really any women. There weren't. Really. I did see Joyce Grenfell when I was about six on yeah. stage. So I did that. That did imprint on me in a sort of yeah. image of a woman on stage on her own. But there weren't any. I was much. More, I was interested in. I read a load of books. I did more books than anything else. I watched. The, you know, I watched any comedy that was on the telly. We went to the cinema. It had to be a comedy, or I wouldn't go. So it was everything really. It all just all sinks in somewhere. Because over the years, I mean, you know, women haven't been greatly represented in the term. You know, Hil- yeah. Hilda Baker was doing her little bits, yeah, yeah. and uh, and and that apart apart from Joyce Grenfell, who was doing. I mean, it was actually quite sort of, you know, forethinking her her comedy. It was, yeah. It was it was very clever, very clever. There still done. aren't there still aren't a huge numbers of women doing the circuit or or playing the big venues. There aren't a huge number. There's more than there were. You know, you've got Miranda, you've got Sarah Millican, both playing big yeah. venues. And, of course, French and Saunders have done all those things. But And Joe, Brand, but still not many, not as many. Would you ever swear? Oh, yeah. I would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love a bit of swearing. quite shocked by that. Do you yeah. really? Would you go yeah, on stage think, and swear? Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, but you have to pick your, you know, pick my moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd probably fall under the chair yeah, if I heard in, you swear. I in Aikon Antiques, you. the musical. Yeah, um, there was a bit. Mrs O says shut the up. Yeah. Which, you know, you used to get a shriek because it was the only one in there. So I think, you know, you've got to place them like little hand grenades. I think if you swear all the way through, I think it's just boring. 
Oh, God, we're going to miss her. Oh, God, we're going to miss her. Victoria Wood there talking to me uh, for In Conversation. You can find that uh, whole interview on the LBC website, which is lbc.co.uk. It's funny, when you listen to it, you do feel that she's, she's being the most genuine person you could ever meet. She was very, she was very gracious to everybody, it, not just me on that particular day, but to all the other people that bumped into her. But at the same time, she was incredibly shy, incredibly shy. I mean, you know, people were saying to me, are you sure she had two children? I said, yes, absolutely, she had two children. But she didn't push them into the limelight. In fact, they could walk past you on the street. You wouldn't know who they were at all. It's only because a few of the papers have printed their, their pictures today. So, I mean, such a terrible loss, you know, to lose your mum at an early age and to lose somebody that we thought we knew terribly, terribly well. It's even worse, isn't it? Because we, we feel their pain as much as... They feel their pain, and so she will be much missed. But we've got the DVDs. Uh, there'll be tribute programmes to her. And everybody says, you know, what a nice person, and I can only endorse that. And you don't just say that because somebody's passed on. You know, sometimes you might go, well, thank God they've gone. But we seem to have lost too many recently. You know, it's just been one after the other, after the other, after the other. I mean, with sort of, it kicked off David Bowie, and then we went through all the people, Cliff Mitchell Moores, and then we lost, I mean, when we lost Terry Wogan, we all start thinking, and it's all within a very short space of time. We're only into April, for God's sake. The good Lord must be sitting up there going, right, let's have a look at the list. Okay, who have we got? Ronnie Corbett. Okay, we've taken that person, and now Victoria Wood. Wouldn't have been on my... On my list at all. I wouldn't even have thought about it. Seriously, I've thought of other people, as we all have, who've uh, who've had ill health recently. And those would be the, the people you'd be thinking, well, perhaps you, you would be uh, the next one to go. But not, not Victoria Wood. She always looked like she was terribly, terribly healthy. But it only goes to prove we have no idea what goes on underneath the surface of the skin. But uh, go to the LBC website and, uh, and check out that... Um, that lovely interview that we did with her, which is uh, just over a year ago now, just over a year ago. It was repeated at Christmas because we thought it was such a nice interview that we put it out at Christmas as part of LBC's Christmas in Conversation treats. Uh, Danny says, what about the alien story? Yeah, this is a bit of a frightening one. I don't want to frighten you because I do remember some years ago when uh, War of the Worlds was transmitted on the radio. People actually thought that we were under an alien invasion. Such was the power of the radio. And I don't want to sort of worry you in any way, shape or form. But for years and years, we've been pushing out into space radio signals. Uh, All sorts of radio signals are pushed out there because there's loads of things. And how far it goes out, I have no idea. But I've seen some of the big dishes that push this out. And we've been doing it for a long time uh, in the same way that we've sort of been transmitting things in different languages, depending on whether or not we think the people we're transmitting to, if indeed there is anybody we're transmitting to, would understand them and come back to us. So far, there's been no comeback. But what some of the papers are now saying is, basically, what we've said is, come and get us. Here we are. These aliens could be living on other planets, if indeed, as I say, they even exist. And, uh, and that will be... That will be for the future. I hope not, to God's sake, not in our lifetime. I thought it was bad enough watching Independence Day and watching all these other things. I mean, even Close Encounters. You think, that's how you want to believe it is, don't you? You want to believe that that huge spacecraft is behind the mountain. Do, 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 do. And they managed to keep it secret. And then they t- I mean, that I thought was the first... I was seeing that on the big screen. And then St- Star Wars took it a bit further on. But to see something that comes down, an Independence Day, here it is. Woo, wait a minute. They're all lining up. They're doing coordinates. And they were looking to destroy us. I don't know why. They didn't, uh, they didn't know us. But there's a new Independence Day film coming out. And uh, hopefully we're going to be talking about that on, on a, an In Conversation to come very, very shortly. But uh, they, they say that they, they could attack us. 
I don't know why. We're very nice people, aren't we? Well, actually, not if they've been watching us for any length of time, they know we're not very nice people. Let's hope the first people they destroy would be ISIS. And I've thought of a few other people as well. Uh, Mike in Colston says, you'd love my carrot cake. Butter and, and cream cheese and icing sugar topping. Absolutely to die for. Yes, to die, I think, being the operative word there. To die being the operative. I've had carrot cake before, but again, long, long time ago. Long, I don't, I don't really do cake that often. I'm not a great cake eater. But occasionally I have done it. If I'd been out... And we've gone, should we have a cup of tea and a slice of cake? That's what we do, isn't it? We're British. We do cup of tea and a slice of cake. And, uh, and we like that. Every woman's funniest friend. There's pages and pages and pages of some of the, uh, the outpourings of Victoria Wood. You know, really lovely. From dinner ladies to wooden walters to acorn antiques with Mrs. Overall and uh, her break on new faces. But as she was telling me there... You know, it was difficult in the beginning, difficult as a woman. Now there are a few more women, you know, the Joe Brands, the Sarah Millicans, people like that, who've sort of managed to push forward. But when she started, she was a bit pioneering. Up until then, it was Joyce Grenfell and a few other people. Even Joyce Grenfell had to struggle to try and find an audience. Victoria, by her own admission, wasn't very good when she started. So she'd have been booed off stage in the working men's clubs, which is where a lot of people started. And uh, she had to you know, go on to television, uh, that's life didn't do any favours for her at all because she didn't know how to exploit it. Had she had the uh, the publicist Neil Redding, she might have been completely different. But when she appeared at the Royal Albert Hall, there was no doubt in anybody's mind at all that Victoria Wood was here to stay. She made you feel as if you were part of a very intimate little gathering. So do go to the LBC website. Do, uh, do download that because it's, it's worth hearing, I promise you. Such a nice person. Such a nice person. Um... I'm looking at some of her uh, wit and sayings in the papers and it still makes me smile and I shall go home and watch uh, a bit of Victoria Wood today. Uh, the Queen celebrates her 90th birthday. Never been reported. We've never mentioned it at all. But uh, there's going to be programmes on the television, on the radio and, in fact, they're going to be talking about it on Nick Ferrari's programme this morning because uh, the royal commentator, Phil Dampier, is going to be with Nick to look through the papers. Marmite gets the royal approval and a good night's sleep helps you beat dementia. All of that and me till 6.30 this morning on LBC. On Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC with Steve Allen. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC. Morning, everybody. It's nice to have your company. It's four minutes past six. It's Thursday, the 21st of April. Victoria Wood loses her secret cancer battle and everybody but everybody comes out and says what a marvellous person she was. If you go to the LBC website, you can uh, download my interview that I did with her, which we did uh, just over a year ago now. Just over a year ago. She was on fine form, but she was a very shy person. She just came to life when she did her comedy and the papers have printed pages and pages and pages. We just seem to be losing too many people at the moment. The police chief, who is going to sue the McCanns, they sued him, they lost, he's now counter-suing. The French say the English bubbly is better than champagne, Marmite gets the royal approval, and a statue to honour Britain's answer to Oscar Schindler will be erected. Also, the girl jailed for conning her parents out of a quarter of a million pounds. You get some evil children, and she turns out to be quite an evil child. Sharon Osbourne's come out as bisexual. Well, I nearly fell over on that one. And the aliens who could be about to attack the Earth. Let's, let's hope they start. Where, 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 where should we send them first? Where, should we send, where would be a good place to send? Slough's fairly popular. Yes, yes, yes. Poet Laureate. I mean, he did that, didn't he, years ago? Come bombs, rain on Slough. Could be come friendly aliens, Slough. Slough's the place, you know. Hit it, hit it now, hit it hard. And let's take that out. And then I suppose we could move to Croydon. 
Hounslow, anybody else you can think of? Feltham, sorry, Julie. Uh, in fact, actually, there's loads of places. Rotherham's fairly popular, I believe, at this time of year. We could sort of lose people there. Uh, Paul Gascoigne, the sun picture saved him. It's the usual sort of claptrap you get from Paul Gascoigne. It's the ramblings of a deluded mind, a man who has just addled his brain with so much booze. He's been in rehab, he's been out of rehab, he's been in rehab, he's been out of rehab, he's been in rehab. Oh, good Lord above. And then he gets the money for the phone hacking and... Um, and then he falls over again, and we come off the wagon. So this time he's told us, and this will be about the about the sixth or seventh time I've heard him saying, "No, this time I'm really going to make an effort." But so far, it's just it's just empty words, empty words. Uh, years ago, says Phil Vickery, I was trained by one of the Queen's pastry chefs. She did love thin chocolate eclairs. My mother used to make chocolate eclairs and uh, and little cream slices. The recipe said made, I think, eight. She could make 30. All of her cakes were in miniature. We had miniature cakes from an early age. So our little chocolate eclairs were little tiny things. I mean, seriously, no bigger than... What's that? About three inches. And, uh... Couldn't be four. And, um... And so everything was small. Everything was everything was in miniature. Rock cakes was her speciality, though. She could make rock cakes, which I used to love. And every time I used to go down there, she did two things... She'd go, you must take some rock cakes back, Stephen. And so she'd pack them all up. I mean, she was very, she was very good like that, very clever and, uh, and very caring. But that's why we always say that about our mums, don't we? But it's true. And, uh, and then she'd say, and you must take some stewed rhubarb home as well. So I used to go home with all this frozen stewed rhubarb, which I came to absolutely adore, but I can't eat it now because it's full of sugar. Also, I do like, says Phil, co-op raspberry Swiss roll. I know it's cheap and cheerful. Don't people take Swiss rolls, though, now? Mars and Spencer's do one as well. Others are available. And uh, there's, I think it's £2 for two. I mean, you can't even make them for this price. And then people make them and cover them in chocolate and make make choo-choo trains, don't they? And things like that with Cadbury's buttons on. Other buttons are available. And stuff like that. And, and that you make sort of... You can probably make kiddies cakes. Uh, Prince William says, I'm not work shy. No kidding. No kidding. Uh, and uh, also... As the Queen's official poet snubs her birthday to write an ode to gas meters, send these PC poet laureates to the tower, says Christopher Hart. Absolutely. I agree. I absolutely agree. Uh, also, what do we have here? Um, uh, Victoria Wood, who died the other day, refused the chance to write her memoirs. No, thank you, she said. If I ever did write one, I'd want it to be really, really good. Not. And then I did this and I did that and then I met... Julie Walters. <laughs> that was it. I thought they were inseparable. I can understand that Julie Walters is uh, is really suffering at the moment. They were so close. Everything that they did, you could tell that they just had a bonding. They loved the work. They loved the comedy. They just uh, it just seemed to work. It just seemed to work. And so she's now been been taken away, which is not so good. Uh, patients who want doctor's appointments could get a chemist or a therapist instead. Because pharmacies know, don't you go into a pharmacy and I'll say, oh, I've got this, I've got that, you know, and this rash and that rash. And they recommend something and I buy it. And that's how it works. It means, I mean, otherwise I could spend my entire time going to the doctor's surgery and wasting the doctor's time. And they don't really have enough time to see people like me all the time. So you just have to sort of be, some people are very good at turning up at the doctor's surgery and just sort of sitting there for days. Waitrose, too expensive, says Phil, and too heavy. Yes, it's got to be light, hasn't it? There's something I used to like. My mother used to do a trifle with, with, um, with a Swiss roll and she'd cut it up into pieces and put it at the bottom and then they brought out these sponge fingers. I used to love sponge fingers. And then she put those in the bottom of the trifle. But I remember, I remember Swiss roll. 
And I can remember watching on the television when they made it on one of these bake-off programmes and they were explaining to them how to make a Swiss roll. And the problem with doing Swiss roll is it's not so much making the Swiss roll, it's rolling the blasted thing so that it doesn't crack. And that's, that's the art trip. Because whenever you buy them in the shop, they're obviously made very, very... Very, very sort of light, so you can roll them. But the ones they made on the television were quite heavy. Phil, Phil reckons that the M&S one is the same. Too heavy. So it's, see, I thought they were quite nice, actually. So it's obviously the lightness of the sponge. And theirs are obviously all made on machines, aren't they? You're not going to find people hand-rolling a Swiss roll. Well, I don't think so, anyway. Uh, I like the idea that English bubbly is better than champagne. Who says that? The French. You thought the British would have been standing up there flag-waving for the country. But no, 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 no. It's the French are saying it. Mind you, they're mad as broomsticks, aren't they, most of the uh, the French? Uh, little Julie says, if, if the aliens are going to come and bomb Feltham, I'll make sure I'm not, uh, I'm not in on that day. I like the idea of not being in on that day. I think I'll go out. Wait a minute, there's a huge spaceship over Feltham. Everybody's going, I think we'll get out now. I think we'll move very quickly. <laughs> Michael says it all started with Scylla Black. Yes. It did, didn't it? I mean, I've never known so many... You know, A-list celebrities who have who have left us. I mean, I'm seriously, I'm, I'm, I dread you know the phone going now and somebody going, oh, so and so, so and so's just passed away. Oh, please no, please no. If you're listening, Lord, you know, can we just have a bit of a respite for a year? That'd be quite nice, please. Don't want anything else going on at all. Uh, one loves it, Marmite <clears throat> gets royal approval. Apparently, uh, the Queen has given it her official seal of approval. The British spread has joined the likes of Coleman's mustard and stalk margarine being granted a royal warrant. Holders can display a coat of arms on the product. Uh, other brands will be uh, Knorr, Knorr, and uh, they've also got Marmite, Coleman's. Um, some of the other ones, the others, Hellman's mayonnaise. I do like Hellman's mayonnaise. <laughs> I know that people, you know, people say, oh, all sorts of different things. And, you know, and they're all they're all as good as each other. I promise you they're not. I promise you they're not. It's like Heinz tomato soup. Nothing tastes like Heinz tomato soup. Nothing tastes like uh, Thousand Island dressing. Nothing. T- there are certain things that, you know, you buy. It's like, you know, uh, bird's eye fish fingers. Nothing tastes like bird's And I've tried all the other ones, believe you me. And so when somebody says to me, oh, you know, here, here is a better tomato soup. I've grown up on Heinz tomato soup. I'm kind of stuck with it because I like it. Apparently it's the buttercream filling, uh, which uh, the selling, it sets too hard and thick. So that's why Phil was saying that. His, he said his mum used to buy lions. Lovely. His mum used to buy lions. See, it's funny. We all do exactly the same things, don't we? We all do exactly the same things, but it's the buttercream. I couldn't ever make anything like that. I really could, I wouldn't know where to begin. If I had a big farmhouse table, then I'd probably... Jean Boat, when she used to live down in Barnes, I went round to the house once to talk to her, her husband, Colin, and, um, and she had a big farmhouse kitchen there. In fact, now the house has been turned into flats, if you please. Horrified when I went down there. Horrified. But uh, she had a big farmhouse table. And it was uh, absolutely amazing. I thought, now that would be the sort of thing. You see people doing it when they used to do the old-fashioned cookery programmes. And they'd had a big, big uh, sort of table there. And they would be doing the cooking. Here's this boy of 13. It was his first trip out on his new mountain bike. And he was mugged by a group of hoodies. He wasn't going to give it up. He was no, He's known only as Colin. We're not identifying him any further than he's Colin. And these thugs... Uh, pushed him off his bike, and he chased after them. They're, they were taller and older than him. Happened on Mondays, he rode to the shops near his home in, I think it's Cheatham Hill in Manchester, to buy light bulbs for his mum. Uh, the teenagers were lying in wait before pouncing as he set off to ride home. I was so angry, his mother said. He's really shaken up. 
However, she criticised Greater Manchester Police for failing to escort the traumatised youngster home after the theft. Lots of bike thefts. Uh, these boys, about 16, about, I hope they find them. I hope they find them very quickly, ghastly, revolting people. Don't the parents of these children who thieve, don't they sort of go, where did you get that bike from? I mean, are they thick as well as the kids? Because to be honest with you, that's the way it, uh, it appears to me, that the parents positively encourage their kids to go out thieving. Because you'd notice, wouldn't you? I'm sorry, we haven't bought you a bike, you've got a hoodie on, you've been out and you've thieved somebody's bike. Where'd you get it from? Take it back. I wouldn't have dreamt of doing that when I was younger, but obviously, perhaps today's youngsters and their ghastly parents grow up differently. Mind you, we've seen the parents, haven't you? You've seen them all on the uh, on the Jeremy Kyle show. It seems to positively encourage bad behaviour. It's ridiculous. Uh, the Black Forest Gatto with Kirsch sounds nice, says Neil. I used to make them on a regular basis when I was a chef. Black Forest Gatto. It's got to have really thick cream on it, hasn't it? It's got to be literally dripping out the side of the cake. Very sad to hear about Victoria Wood. I was sitting in non-moving traffic heading towards Wembley in the 1980s. The car next to me, facing the other way, was driven by none other than Victoria Wood. Me eagerly said, Hello, Victoria, in my normal cheeky, chirpy way, followed by a bit of a dirty look. She wound the window up with no response. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? It's sort of, you know, you sort of sit there. And you say, I can remember once I was... Um, I used to do an overnight programme on LBC years and years ago. And when I used to finish the programme, in an effort to be terribly healthy, I would go and have a, have a sauna at the David Lloyd Centre up at Heston. And I can remember sitting in there one morning, and at that ridiculous time of the morning, at about four o'clock, there was nobody in there, just me and this little Asian man who used to be in there at the same time. And he used to pour, like, menthol onto the coal, so it was like being in the middle of a Vic Vapor Rub explosion. And you'd sit there and go, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. And we, ne- we never said a word until one morning he said, is this all right for you? I said, yeah, it's, it's fine, thank you. And then he said, bearing in mind, we're sitting there stark naked in a sauna. And then he said to me, he said, you're Steve Allen. That was the last time I ever went there. There's no, you cannot sit stark naked in front of somebody and they go, you're Steve Allen. You have to get out as quick as possible. And so that's what I did. LBC News Time, 6.15 with the latest. Steve Allen on LBC. Text 84850. Ooh, apparently freeze-dried insects are proving very popular in the kitchen at the moment. And you can have curried crickets or scrambled egg with ants. Why would we want to eat those? I don't like... That's why I never do that, uh, that programme. I'm a celebrity... Get me out of it. No, it's not Phil. No, surprisingly, no. No, seriously, I've just, I've just discovered this inside the, uh, in the Daily Mail today. Curried cricket or scrambled egg with ants. Now, we have eaten on this programme, when we were particularly cruel to Alan Dodgen some years ago, we made him eat uh, chocolate-covered ants, and we had a scorpion covered in chocolate as well, and we had scorpion lollies, and we, ma- we actually made him eat all of these things. And, um, I mean, I don't know how they actually... Because if... I mean, I, I don't know. I was thinking about the ultimate. If, if you've got a scorpion and you have to kill it, I don't know how you kill it. Do you gas it or something? Do they breathe in gases? Because they seem to be perfectly formed and then they just cover it in chocolate. And you can go... You can, in fact, you can buy them in Fortnum and Mason's. They've got a whole section downstairs. Giant ants covered in chocolate. But, they, but they're perfect ants. And you think... Do they gas them? I don't, I don't, I don't really know how it works, because otherwise they'd be all over the place, wouldn't they? But these are perfectly normal-looking ants. They're just covered in chocolate. Uh, Swiss Roll says, Phil, is very easy to make. Really easy. Not for me. Seriously, I mean, I find... I mean, you know, I am struggling with opening a tin of beans. That's how bad I am in the kitchen. But uh, he says, I love, love, love Hellman's. Let the purists sneer. Yeah, I love it. I started putting it on everything. And then I thought I'd, I'd try it. Uh 
in the diet version, you know, the lighter version. Then I thought, oh, for goodness sake, that's just ridiculous. If you're going to have something, go for, go for the full thing. If you're going to have cream, don't go for half-fat cream. Go for full-fat cream. I mean, I came in here this morning and, as usual, tested my blood. Hope to God my diabetic doctor's not listening this morning. But uh, and, and I hadn't eaten anything at all, nothing. And I still got 13, a score of 13.5. And that was without eating anything. Ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ludicrous. Who knows what's going on inside my body? Uh, Anna says, uh, I've met the Queen when I stayed at Sandringham. There's a special hotel in Sandringham for people with disabilities. And uh, Susanna's 57 today. You sound like Heinz Varieties, don't you, really? Uh, Les says, you sure the products are British? Yes. Well, I mean, as far as I know, they don't have to be British to get the royal warrant. It's if the royal family use them. Uh, another one here. Says Marmite spread on a beef burger during grilling makes it really tasty. Oh dear. And uh, little things that please Steve. Uh, we are at Southport for RBL Women's Section National Conference. Despite cloud and Wi Fi, says uh, Sue, we've struggled for internet and my mobile won't work. The radio. My joy when scrolling through the television to hear your voice. So I'm hearing you the first time. The morning has started the right way. Well, that's the way that uh, we like it. That's the way we like it. Uh, Steve, uh, could I recommend... um, (laughs) Could I recommend Harlow for when the aliens attack? Yes, we're rapidly compiling a list of places that you don't want to see anymore. And then somebody else says, when you consider the genius of Victoria Wood, it really is depressing, says Nigel, that, uh, you know, the inane output of that talentless oaf Lee Francis, who believes simply that saying a four-letter word in every sentence is hilarious. Mind you, what's even more depressing is that thousands of people think it is. Alcoholics mainly, I should imagine. I don't think anybody else would find him remotely funny. And it is. It's tragic, isn't it, really? But it heard my shock when I said to it, would you ever swear? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Julia says, little mayonnaise beats several other brands, including Hellman's. I tried it. I've bought Hellman's ever since. Haven't bought it. You see, I mean, there's obviously, you know, different things that appeal to different people's taste buds. Uh, Christina says, my husband sometimes asks for fish fingers for dinner. And so I give him Tesco's finest. I haven't had any complaints. Yeah, but he wouldn't, would he? Listen, if he can't even cook Christina... If he can't cook, then quite clearly we all know where where the poor soul's coming from. Uh, Filming in Vietnam once, says Phil, had flame-grilled scorpions. was like eating walnut shell. Oof, don't. Walnut shell. I can't eat anything like that. I really couldn't. Just not my sort of thing. It was like walnut shells full of warm wallpaper paste. Truly vile. Well, that's what they make them eat in the jungle, isn't it? That's why I could never go out there. And I wouldn't because I'm not a celebrity. And only celebrities go out there. I would recommend people go out there. That's what I'd do. Uh, Jane says, huh, you're not having my stick insect. Yeah, you see, I can't understand people to eat anything like that. I just, uh, an ants. Oh, goodness me, it's just absolutely dreadful, isn't it? And um, somebody says, um, Bonnie, talking about people in cars, I pulled up at the lights at Marble Arch, looked to the right, Diana Ross was in a white BMW. <laughs> I can beat all of you. Beat all of you. I've had Diana in the car next to me. She looked and went, oh, that's Steve Allen over there. She tried to wave. And I went, oh, I'm talking to you at the moment. I'm a, I'm a celebrity. <laughs> Not get me out of here. Front pages of the papers. You want to know what's going on today, don't you? You know that absolutely every single one of the papers is either doing happy birthday, great granny, as the Queen, who is in a remarkable state of preservation for the age of 90. Although somebody pointed out she's got the best medical advice. She's only got a sneeze. And there's an army of people there. She doesn't have to... I bet she's never even pushed a hoover around. That's, that's, that's how far removed people are in the royal family. Uh, they don't push a hoover around. She likes going out for a drive. She likes uh, 
going out, doing a bit of horse riding. She likes her dogs. And she's obviously very... Do you think she does Christmas presents? I mean, do you think she buys Christmas presents for all the, uh, you know, the uh, the children? Mia Tyndall, Princess Charlotte, Savannah Phillips and Prince George. Do you think all these kids know exactly that... Or they just take it for granted that Granny's lo- living in, like, this s- enormous house. And uh, and they're sort of enjoying it. I wonder if they I wonder if they appreciate that. I don't think they do. I don't think they do. Not at that age, because uh, Mia Tyndall is holding, it looks like, Granny's bag. But uh, they're obviously getting as many pictures. She's 90, goodness sake. You know, nobody's going to deny her 90. She's done very well. And nobody's going to deny Victoria Wood the plaudits. It's, it's just a shame that she's not with us anymore. And, uh, and yet all the papers have done loads and loads of things. The loss is incalculable. Julie Walters, that's all she's able to say at the moment. She's uh, absolutely mortified. And uh, she turned up April. This is uh, Victoria. Uh, and so April, May, June, July, August, September. No, she wouldn't have known she had cancer then. Because they think she had it for about six months. She won the Comic Relief Bake Off last March. When I did the interview, she was doing the Bake Off. I think we talk about the Bake Off in the programme. I'm sure we talk about baking or something like that. Uh, she was just wonderful. She was just wonderful. And so you get lots of happy memories from lots and lots of people who worked with her. She was every woman's funniest friend. And they've done, you know, their tributes in all of the papers. Uh, lots of uh, nice pictures of the Queen in this absolutely, it looks like my sitting room. It's all gold and very sort of recherche kind of thing. And the kids standing there. Can we all look towards? And Granny's sitting here. And nice picture. Everybody very happy. Daily Star, I've got uh, Victoria Wood dies of cancer at 62. Yet another, they say, of our stars goes out. Yes, another candle that will burn brightly in the heavens. The sun, happy 90th, free giant poster inside. I never knew what people do with those posters. Victoria's last laugh, they say she was joking up until the uh, the end, literally hours before she died early yesterday. And she died at home, surrounded by the family. Uh, the Mirror do the uh, the same, the gentle genius of comedy, shock and tears. And she dies from cancer. We weren't expecting it, were we? We really weren't. And happy birthday, Gan Gan. That's what they call the Queen. The kids call her Gan Gan. Must be a different thing, mustn't it? <laughs> they were either... Mine was Nana. Some people call them Grandma. Uh, and they called her Gan Gan. Uh, Daily Express, many happy returns, Your Majesty. And you get a souvenir pullout to celebrate her 90th. Uh, Victoria Wood, her secret cancer battle and tributes have poured in from just about every quarter. Everybody you ever worked with, a lovely, lovely person. She made us laugh and she made us cry. And she's on the front of the Metro as well. Uh, the front of the Times is happy and glorious. The Queen at 90. That's their sort of their fake front because inside is the official front. And uh, the Queen in pictures plus... Uh, one of our best-loved comedians, Victoria Wood, who died of uh, cancer, and they've done a a tribute on a couple of pages. New Day, I put her on the front page as well, which is lovely. Not bleakly, not not meekly. Beat me on the bottom with a woman's weekly. Let's do it. Let's do it tonight. And no matter how many times you heard it, no matter how many times she sang it, it never failed to produce a smile. Do go to the LBC website and uh, check out that interview, which we re-ran at Christmas. Uh, to her because we thought it was a, a nice interview. We didn't run it uh, this week, but you heard various clips with Ian Dale and on the news programmes yesterday. That's it for this morning. Thank you so much indeed for your company. I hope you enjoyed the programme. If you did, I'm Steve Allen. If you didn't, I'm not. And you can join me again tomorrow morning between 4 and 6.30. You can download this programme. You can go to the LBC website and you can listen to us wherever you are around the world. Download the free LBC app for your mobile 
or tablet and never miss a moment. Follow me on Twitter at Steve Allen Show. Free podcast for you up in about 15 minutes. Leading Britain's conversation at seven. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Phil Dampier is the royal commentator. He's going to be looking, presumably, at the Queen's birthday celebrations. Next, though, Lisa Aziz with the morning news. Leading Britain's conversation. LBC with Steve Allen.